welcome to episode 45 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. John. JR. And today we are together in Kevin's place to talk Kevin's pick, Dante's Inferno, a uh, cardboard cutout puppetry film from 2007 that I don't think anybody on earth has ever heard of, except the people who were in it, maybe? Yeah. So, except Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, and Jim Cromwell probably knows about it. He, may, he might have forgotten by now. He's pretty old. By uh, now, he's probably forgotten. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk that movie, as well as some trailers that are posted to our blog at filmyakpodcast.com and other stuff we watched. I'm back after two weeks, so I got a lot of stuff to talk about, but I'm going to try to cut it down. I've actually, I actually excised three movies from the things I watched. I'm not going to talk about Unseen, because you already talked about it, and I pretty much agree with everything you said. And uh, I watched this really shitty uh, comic book documentary that I'm not going to talk about because it's shitty. How's everybody doing today? Doing good. Pretty good. Sunburned. Oh, sunburned. How's uh? I saw your video of your crash and burn on the uh, on the lake. <laughs> yeah. What happened there? It was my first time ever uh, ever wake surfing, and I got up, <laughs> and then I fell. That's not too bad though. You were out. You were on it. Like you were standing on it yeah. for a second. That's you pretty know, good. I got a I got a long history of uh, skateboarding, wakeboarding. So I was like, boom, I could be <laughs> that. Yeah. And then I'm like, I couldn't. Like the idea is you let go of the rope and you just like surf behind the boat on that wake. Oh really? Okay. I could never do that. Within my four attempts, I never got that. I was wondering why you let go. I was like, "What? That seems like a mistake." But <laughs> I guess that's what you were trying to do. Uh, that's yeah, that's the goal. Okay. Well, uh, how's uh, how's the school been since it's restarted? Summer is over, fun time is over, and we're in for months and months of hell. I'm not. My brain's not there yet. Like I went to school on Friday. Yeah. But my brain didn't. I just kind of sat in forty meetings and just didn't say anything and. Kind of went. I just went home as yeah. soon as it, I didn't do a, a damn thing to my room. I didn't set up any of my technology. I was just like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm with you there too. It's it's weird to start on a Friday, you know. They it's were like, trying to just crush our spirits before the weekend, <laughs> and I said, No, you good, can't. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, I did get a little bit done in my room, and uh, but yeah, the meetings were brutal because it's just like, it's like literally like, here's how to manage your classroom. So it's like. It's not like I haven't been teaching for three years. And this is my fourth year. I don't know how to manage my classroom yet. Like, I get it. I know, I know what to do. Everything's the same as last year. Nothing has changed it's except the, the kids. It's the same set of meetings every year. Yeah. It's a nightmare. It's like, I don't need this information. Like, I want to just let me go in my room and sit and do, you know, fix it up or, you know, watch a movie on my computer or something. But um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh School will be starting soon. The kids will be coming back, and life as we know it will be over. So get your shotguns ready um, for suicide, not killing the kids. Right. That's, that's terrible. But uh, <laughs> let's talk trailers. Uh, on our website at filmyakpodcast.com, we uh, have two trailers to watch. Mm-hmm. One is Lizzie. How do I feel about Lizzie? Lizzie is the story of Lizzie Borden, who uh, is played by Chloe Sevigny, who has an illicit affair with Kristen Stewart, her maid, mm. and then uh, axe murders her whole family. Yeah. It's based I, on a true story. I actually read at least part of the Wikipedia page, and I was like, you know, this doesn't seem nearly as salacious or like horrific as people seem to always want to make Lizzie Borden out to be. Like... I mean, it's well, she did kill her whole family with an axe, but 
two That's people. Child's play. I mean, two people. It's her family. One of them wasn't even her real family. It was her stepmother. Even still, pretty hardcore. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> killing anybody with an axe is pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, oh, she I, I says I, she didn't do it. So. Right, right. I feel like this is uh, definitely a, uh, you know, they're definitely cranking up the, as you said, salaciousness. Yeah, it looks really yeah, stylized. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like yeah. both the actresses though. I love the yeah, actresses. Yeah. I love the guy who plays the father. Yeah, Jamie Sheridan. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah. What's he from? Uh, he was in The Stand. He played Randall Flagg. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> other than that, we don't know no, 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 the no. Stand. There's a stand. TV I've read movie. The Stand. Yeah. Never seen The Stand. TV movie. Doesn't count. Gross. It's garbage. <laughs> it's super bad. Hang on. No, no, no. He's in Spotlight. He's in Sully. He's in The Ice Storm. He's in something else that I'm not thinking of that's really obvious. Hang on. Did anybody see Sully? No. I didn't. No. I didn't see it. We know John's looking forward to it. JR's got to see it, right? Close out that Eastwood together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually I've heard good things about Sully. Syriana. Uh, I've heard also bad things about it. So, Hamlet. He plays a father in something, and I'm trying to think of what it is. It's is, like is I that can, not Spotlight? N- n- maybe it's Spotlight, but hang on. I feel like there's something else that's very huge that I'm missing. Mm. It's from the '90s. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, I think Lizzie is uh, Lizzie looks all right, and I'm uh, mm. Looking forward to it. I, I, too, love the actresses involved. I really like Chloe Sevigny and uh, Kristen Stewart's uh, work with uh, the Spanish guy. <laughs> Olivier <laughs> Asayas. Is yeah. he French? I'm sorry. Uh, he's uh, Those films were over. great. Yeah. And uh, Oh, he's in Battle of the Sexes. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie looks all right. I think it looks pretty good. I'm, in, I'm yeah. intrigued. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty solid. The other trailer is the new uh, newest film from Barry Jenkins, uh, Academy Award winning director of Moonlight. It's called If Beale Street Could Talk. It's based on a James Baldwin novel. Mm. Has anybody read? Have you read this novel? No, Kevin. Uh, I don't understand. I was hoping you had because I, I have to read up on it because I don't understand why it's called If Beale Street Could Talk. Because Beale Street is a very famous street in Memphis. And it's it's set in New York, though the movie. Uh, I believe there could be a Beale Street in. There York. could be. <laughs> I mean, it's just very. Uh, it's still strange. I don't know. Yeah. Is that set in Harlem? I don't know. Oh, it, it says it's the title is a reference to the 1916 W. C. Handy blues song Beale Street Blues. Oh, that makes sense. Beale Street Blues is about Beale Street in Memphis. So right, yeah, it's a very strange title uh, that doesn't seem to have anything to do with. The movie setting, but uh, what do you guys think of this? Uh, what's considered a teaser, even though it's two minutes and twenty seconds long, I think. It looks very pretty. Yeah, it did. Yeah, looks interesting. But I, I imagine the content of this movie will not be. Yeah. Pretty. Uh, it looks like a blast to me. I mean, it's just like a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> guys running around into each other's arms with the girl and the. Stuff. She's trying to tell her mother something, like she loves her or something. You know, oh, something is that, real is that pleasant, what she's real, real pleasant stuff, you know. <laughs> And then they go to happy prison. He's got to go to jail for a little bit, but you know, it's just you know, just got to pay your dues and you get out and you'll be all right. <laughs> no, yeah, it looks pretty. It looks like it could go pretty dark. Uh, you know, I think that yeah, it looks interesting. Uh, like aesthetically, it looks yeah. good, and uh, the shots are really unusual. I'd say, like it seems like he's. Uh, I remember when I watched the 
director's commentary for Green Room, Jeremy Saulnier talked about wasting production value. He was like, you just got to like build up your sets to where they're just you're spending lots and lots of money on your sets and then don't shoot them just shoot around them because because it makes everything look more real because all the stuff's in the background you know it's like why aren't they paying attention to this stuff and uh it seems like that it's like he's walking down the street and you can see all these cars out of focus in the left you know what i mean like and you're not really looking at those cars but this is like thousands of dollars just sitting over yeah. there you know? but uh yeah i don't know looks all right i don't know any of the actors who are in it i don't know who they are does anybody recognize these people I know there's the one guy from Atlanta is in it, the uh, the rapper guy from Atlanta. Um, yeah, the cousin. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry, I think. Yeah, Brian Tyree Henry. And Regina King is apparently in it. Right. And Ed Screen. And Dave Franco. Or Ed Scrine. <laughs> Dave Franco's in it? Yeah. Oh, and Diego Luna. Look at that. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's got a few people. They weren't in the uh, trailer, I don't think. I didn't mm. see them. Teaser. Yeah, it's a teaser. They don't want right. to give away teaser. the... The Don't want to show the Franco Dave Franco, reveal. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your hats. Dave Franco's in this movie. That's right. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It looks, uh, you know, I'm intrigued. I'll, I'll watch the actual trailer when it comes out. I'll commit another two minutes of my life to that. Yeah. You know, this guy's this guy's won a Best Picture Oscar, and he's made another good movie. I'll, Did he make another I'll good movie? Yeah. What's the other movie? Medicine for Melancholy. Oh, that's so really right. Like that's right. With uh, the guy from uh, The Daily Show. What's Wyatt Cenac. Yeah, Wyatt Cenac, yeah. Mm. It's mostly like a conversation movie, but uh, it's really uh, interesting. I remember when that movie came out and thinking, oh, yeah, it looks like it could be all right, but I just never got around to watching it. And it also it. has really cool photog- black and white photography. Interesting. Yeah, I forgot he did that. Uh, yeah, so that just should be good. I, I think it's it'll be interesting to see this movie come out. It seems like it's gonna it's coming out in November, and it'll be in the conversation for the Oscars, obviously, against his, uh, you know, the, his his arch rival, Damien Chazelle, you know, <laughs> who also has a, an Oscar movie coming out, The First Man. Right. And which one will uh, take the prize this time? Well, we don't know. They already gave Barry Jenkins Best Picture, so might give it to done. him again. You don't know. They might give him the director this time and Damien Chazelle the Best Picture. Just switch it up a little bit. Right. right. Maybe. And that's as simple as it is. No one else is in the running. Right. There Just is, these two movies. There really isn't. I mean, it'll be a two-nomination year, I think. You know, <laughs> They'll drop from 10 to 2 this year. Uh, <laughs> they really should. Uh, just, you know, to if they're honest with themselves, it's always a two-horse race. Um, but anyway, that's that. So let's move on to what we watched. And uh, I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to start because I watched The Face of Another. So I'll talk that out. Cool. And uh, oh, that's Kevin right. wanted to uh, go, ahead. go yeah. ahead, Kevin. I can't so believe you watched it. We're going to bring back a little thing from the past. The three of us are gonna guess at what John's rating is gonna be. For I've, face I've already another. typed it out here in front of me. So right. It's, I'm not gonna touch and, the keyboard. <laughs> and whoever is the least close, he gets to assign them a movie to watch. It'll be fun. Wow. Yeah. Here comes Julian Donkey Boy. Buddy. <laughs> My official guess is a five. <laughs> okay, so uh, Kevin, go ahead and start. What do you what do you think I'm going to give this movie? Um, let's see. The Teshigahara classic, The Face right. of Another. That's right, Teshigahara. That was sarcasm. Yeah. He hates it. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Its its status as a classic has nothing to do with his opinion. That's true. Right. I'm going to say a three. Okay. I'm going. I'm going uh, two and a half. No, I don't need. Uh, yeah, fuck it. Jr. I said. I think I said two and a half last week. You did. Right, yeah. You did. 
You said sub three, I think, or sub <laughs> yeah. two, maybe, or something. Like that. I'll go two. Two to be different. Okay, so, so I can't lose. I'm in the middle, right? I mean, you, you can because you can hit it right on the money. Oh, now if he hits it right on the money, he wins. wins. Whoever's oh. whoever's least. That's yeah, true. That was dumb. Thanks, really guys. set you up to <laughs> way to go, Jr. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> this is that no it actually works out really well because J- Jr loses, which is great. Whoa! Because I gave it a three point two five. Oh, whoa! Oh, nice. So, but here's wow. the, here's the deal. I'm not going to make you watch uh, Donkey Boy. Not this week. No, because I've got I've got uh, I have actually between two movies Ransom. for my deep dive. Oh, okay. So I'm going to make whichever one I pick. I'm going to make you watch the other one, and then we'll talk. Because I'm going to watch it anyway, so we'll talk it. Okay. And I'll let you know that at the end of the show. Great. Whenever I decide which movie Just we're actually deep diving, I'll be held in suspense. The exactly, whole time. perfect. Right. Um, so, please don't make us watch. Random. The face of another. Uh, <laughs> just real quick, uh, interesting movie. Very. I'm surprised it took you long, like as long as it did for you guys to mention Bergman, because it just strikes me as very like Bergman esque. Yeah, I, I think we had all had that in our head that we just didn't say anything yeah it's like took it you like weird. it was very right at the yeah. end of the review you mentioned bergman like, how, like, yeah, it's like how do you not see this like all through the movie it's, it's totally bergman yeah it was it was a weird it was a weird thing yeah um we, none of us feel good about it i think yeah. it takes way too long to get into the like when he gets the new face finally put on it's like 45 minutes into the movie i could have like after that happened i got way more interested in what was going on and i i would have loved it if he had gotten the face on way earlier um, there's way too much exposition in this movie. Like, there's a yeah. lot of just like like you guys talked about. It, there's the to- the doctor and him just talking things out and like philosophizing about the face and how it controls you and make your decisions. And just like I don't I don't necessarily need all that spelled out for me. Um, I really like some of the like flourishes, like the still frames, the still photography that, or the, I guess they're just like grabbing frames out of the film. Uh, all that stuff was really cool with the uh, dialogue kind of over it. I know we had talked uh, before about how it's difficult, like within the mood for love, it was difficult to gauge how well the acting is. But I'd say in this one, the main actor is quite good. Uh, mm. Or he's, at least he's very... Tatsuya yeah, Nakadai. He's very... Um, I don't even know what you say. He's like, he, he's expressive, you know, like mm. really expressive and very, very good. And he tends to inflect his... Uh, <laughs> you know, like he has inflection in his tone, you know what I mean? Like Unlike when I watched In the Mood for Love, it, was, it felt like they were just speaking in the same tone no matter what they were saying, you know? And I, and I guess that maybe that's part of it, but it's like it was just very like it's different, you know, from what you're used to when yeah. you're watching English. And, and films. this this Nakadai character is definitely like you're seeing his anger and right. bitterness, and then what you know, whatever he's thinking once he gets that mask, it's absolutely it's yeah. it's a more expressive part than sure. in the mood for love. Absolutely, mm. um, I I didn't mind the deformed woman side story, but I would like I'm with Jr. I don't think it belonged in the film i wish it wasn't in the film Mm. uh i don't understand like i understand how it relates like uh, thematically but i just it's just completely like i hate that it's completely disconnected from anything going on it would have been nice it was tied together yeah like i wanted to be like his sister or something (laughs) i don't know whatever or they at least cross paths yeah or something happens yeah at least something um and then the, the surrealistic doctor's office uh i'm kind of I'm on the fence about it. I don't know if I like it or not. I kind of, it kind of drove me nuts at some points, like how they're just constantly shooting through glass and like with weird shapes everywhere. And I'm just like, why can't they just be in a doctor's office? I don't, it just feels like 
is there, are they trying to say that this isn't actually because everything else is kind of real like they're in real places and when they're in the doctor's office it's like they're in the dream world it's like are, are we supposed to be in the doctor's office or are we in the guy's dreams or what i don't know um well mad mad scientist right the yeah conclusion that we all no he actually he actually died in the accident this is his death dream this is death. All oh, right. <laughs> like waking life or Jacob's ladder. Spoiler. Uh, best best line of the movie. The retarded girl's sense of smell may be as keen as that of a dog. <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> Extreme line. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think we all avoided saying that one. In the last week. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I overall, I'd say, you know, I, I, I give it a pass. I, I enjoyed it to an extent. Uh, I feel like it's pretty, you know, kind of challenging at times. And uh, I, I have to agree with Jonathan that I, the scene where the guy turns into the hanging meat ruled uh, <laughs> for no reason. It reminded me of yeah. Godard actually on on in Weekend, where there's a sequence called yeah. the Exterminating Angel, and the, the guy like lifts his hands, and the sheep just appear in the frame yeah. and start walking. That's that shit ruled. Um, just reminded me of that. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, it's it was all right. I downloaded uh, Pitfall and Woman in the Dunes, but I didn't have a chance to watch them yet. But I'm going to. Sweet. And somebody on a Facebook film forum, the main administrator, Steve, had posted about Pitfall, like right after this episode had aired. Oh, so, nice. you know, anxious to watch both of those. I, as I understand it, Woman in the Dunes is supposed to be the better of the two, but reading about them, Pitfall seems like it's way more interesting. But I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Pitfall seems more normal to an extent. We will see. <laughs> so uh, that's the, the face of another 3.25. Cool. Whoever wants to go next. Clockwise, counterclockwise. I'll just go. Um, I watched <laughs> Star <laughs> Pattern. <laughs> yeah, star Pattern. We're gonna roll a dice. Right. Uh, watched Mission Impossible. The first oh, one. okay. So we can all, we can talk um, about Mission Impossible, directed I, uh, by Brian De Palma from 1996. Yeah. I had not in 1996. I yeah. believe so. Or was it? Yeah. It was the next. Okay. okay. Uh, the first movie that. Tom Cruise produced with his production company oh, okay. and uh, Wagner, Paul Wagner. Liked it quite a bit. Uh, not nearly as good as I remember it. Cause I mean, I loved this thing when I was younger, but, uh, and I don't think I've ever actually seen this all the way through. I've just seen, Whoa. Like, you know, the beginning, the end, the middle and se- several different times. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, maybe a little dated with the, yeah, I don't know. Some, Max.com? Some, some of the technology and stuff. Just of course. Bible verse. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And yeah. like, a lot of like 90s like techno jargon. You know what I mean? Like hackers type shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like these people don't. These people never touch computers. Like it's like really ridiculous. But um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I just love how the whole thing where like all of his information gathering at the beginning revolves around chat rooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got to go into a chat room the to internet. find Max. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really kind of ridiculous. But, uh, yeah. and I thought they used the gum thing a little, a little too much. Like, that was, I've heard that criticism before too, that it, it's nah. like, it's introduced in the film and then he uses it twice yeah, to get like, out of situations. Yeah. But I'm okay. With I that. love it. <laughs> I love, I in particular love the first use of it. With the aquarium I, that's restaurant, that's the one I like. Yeah, yeah, I thought the, the, the last one was a, li- a little much. I heard that, that they built that whole fucking they, yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 and then killed all those fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's what I find what I really like about that? I just like that whole scene when he confronts um, Kittredge and uh, at the restaurant, and Kittredge is like subtly threatening him, 
And yeah. the, the the line from the trailer, Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset. He's just like he's very like it's like this canted angle. It's just a De Palma he, yeah, fucking no, rules. Like he builds suspense yeah. so that good. is the best part though. Like yeah. the fucking cinematography, the yeah, the the building of suspense. There's not. I mean, there's there's action, but it's 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 withheld a little bit. Like it's not like yeah. in your face. Well, there's definitely not. I mean, you definitely. He's he's the most. He's the least. Uh. I mean, there's the least amount of action out of any of them yeah, in this obviously, film, obviously. Yeah, right, and yeah. then he never like fights anybody really, where yeah. which is so different from now. Like, cause yeah. see, to see where it's gone it's from there realistic. to now, like yeah. he's just annihilating people yeah. the entire films now. You know what I mean? Like the whole film, like he's just he's crushing people's bones and killing them and shooting them. And <laughs> that's, <laughs> I mean, that's an overstatement. I mean, it's not, is it? It's not I a, think so. It's not a criticism. It's just it's not, and it's not even just him. It's like it's not only is he killing everybody. His whole crew is killing everybody, except Ving <laughs> right. Rhames, who's sitting in a van or whatever, you know. But, <laughs> like, Benji, Simon Pegg is shooting people in the most recent one. Yeah. Wow. Once. Yeah, once. He's got, but he's got a machine gun. He's trying to shoot people a lot. And he has, <laughs> and he has a fist fight with the, the villain. Spoiler. I, I like that this, this first film just, like, set the whole... T- they have not deviated from the template. No, it, yeah. Like, the, the second one may deviate the most just the template by being, being how bad it is. But, like, just, like, that agent very kind of three... <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. He, he He's always goes rogue. It is always just like that long opening action scene, middle action scene, ending action scene. And there's always like a basically a callback to the uh, you know, the drop down in the office, like where he's got to do the uh the very something very quiet and stealthy and hang from a rope. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It they're that whole scene still rules. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it rules. This whole Although I, movie this, still rules. This, this, the, the, <laughs> the thing I had a problem with in that, though, is when they go in They go in and they, uh, like, you're looking at the gauge, right? Like, the sound bar, and it's like, they're like, toast, toast, you know? And uh, and you're like, okay, so is that saying that you could go in that room and say toast, and it wouldn't catch you? Like, it, it seems like if it's like, if it's a sound technology, wouldn't it just be like any sound at all? Is gonna fuck with it, but he makes a lot of noise while he's in there. Like rewatching it this time, when he was tight. Yeah, when he's I like, was like, oh my god! I was like, how are you not setting off the alarm right now? <laughs> yeah, like that keyboard is loud as yeah. fuck. Yeah. Especially like it was a floppy that he uses on the computer, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that's. It Woo! seems like the whole technology is just useless if you can make that much noise in the room. But it is a cool sequence, otherwise, and. uh even the stuff with uh, Jean Reno and the rat is like silly and kind of clumsy as the editing is around that. I still I love John Renault in the movie. He's yeah. such a dick. And uh yeah. <laughs> the scene I totally the only thing I totally forgotten hundred percent when I rewatched it this time was the scene with the magic trick. The disc. <laughs> that was amazing. Like he's like he's like he's just That was such a cool Tom of Cruise hand. moment. Yeah. It was incredible. incredible. He just Cruise like at his peak. <laughs> learned that sleight of hand shit when he was fifteen and was like, I need to use this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read that one he, day. I read that he learned it for the film. Okay, the, his his first of many times learning things for the film, up into and including him learning to pilot a helicopter for real in Fallout. Did you know this? I knew this shit was real. <laughs> he took. Yeah. It said it took him a year and a half. He learned how to pilot a helicopter. <laughs> like I, I gotta give it like a fucking, four at this point. <laughs> just, just what a nut. <laughs> but um, I thought I. There's a thing on the behind the scenes of Eyes Wide Shut. Like apparently mm-hmm. he was doing helicopter stuff like back then. In Eyes Wide Shut, 
It was the helicopter chase? <laughs> Around that time, guys, can we get our thoughts together? I yes, don't know. He was, I hadn't heard that. Really? Like, like, yeah, like he was Stan- flying helicopters back then? Yeah, like Stanley Kubrick actually had like a helipad at his house uh, in England and like he gave him the coordinates and like they talked about helicopter maybe. stuff. So. Crash, crash Stanley's helicopter. Maybe he was. Maybe. maybe he took a year and a half to practice the moves that he needed for this. Because if you yeah, see right. Fallout, he's doing some crazy shit in the helicopter. And okay, he's uh, he's like flying like vertical at some points and shit. It's pretty. It's pretty <laughs> it's nuts. Absurd. So uh, wait, wait, wait. He was fire. He was inverted. No, not inverted. But no. he was like 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 this a bunch of the times and oh. like flying around other helicopters. It's pretty. It's pretty nuts. Some of the shit was, he does. I was about to. Pull out some Val Kilmer. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> How'd you feel about Emmanuel Bayart? Um, who? The beautiful the lady. Oh, yeah. She's all right. She's hot as fuck. That's what she, she is. is. Who's but... the hottest Mission Impossible girl? <laughs> Tandy Newton? <laughs> no, Dude, fuck that shit. Tandy Newton. Is t- it's Tandy Newton, by Sorry. the way. Uh, but no, she's not. She's not that hot. Uh, Excuse me. Oh, oh Leia Sadu. Bam. <laughs> I wasn't counting bad guys. Yeah, she's a bad guy. I count her. Oh, okay. I'll count her in I'm any talk, way I can. Yeah. I watch <laughs> she, Ghost Protocol too. Then. She's the most beautiful woman in any movie. It, she's amazing she is looking. insanely hot. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah, it's <laughs> absurd how good looking she is. She does look like she's on heroin though. <laughs> like she really does. <laughs> you gotta watch Blue is the Warmest Color, man. She get ready. <laughs> I mean, Good gracious. Um, so, uh, so, I, I mean, I br- like brought up... Uh, <laughs> you brought up Emmanuel yes, Chikri. Emmanuel Bayart? Bayart, never mind. Just because she seems like really important to the plot, but she's, no, she's barely in the movie and doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Right. And then her husband just sh- fucking shoots her in that train, <laughs> which I don't I don't understand why he shoots her. He doesn't need to. No. Oh, and I was thinking of Paula Patton, actually, in Ghost Protocol. Oh. I like the girl that kicks uh, Leia Sidhu out of yeah. the window. She's That's Paula Patton. Quite yeah. attractive. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm into Paula Patton. She's all right. I'm not into her revenge story, but I'm into. I'm not into her in the movie. I think she looks all right. I'm not into her character that much. Yeah. The whole. I. Uh, but he, she's. She's a. Uh, she's the best character I've ever seen compared to Jeremy Renner, though. But we'll get into that. In a yeah. Minute. We'll talk about <laughs> Ghost Protocol. Um. But yeah. The. Uh, yeah. I agree. Some of the plot stuff, uh, especially towards the end, some of the the machinations of like why things are happening and uh jim phelps his plan seemed kind of ridiculous especially yes i mean just like if you really think about like his escape plan is to get on like to hook himself to the helicopter at like a thousand miles an hour and you know like fly away i don't know it just seems like really are there, are there bullet trains in the uk it's a, it's yeah, not it's, it's it's the channel train it's technically oh, okay. though i read that uh they had to like cg out there are uh like power lines over it like that help it go along or whatever they cg those out because it wouldn't make sense with the helicopter and them <laughs> tumbling around the because yeah, right. i was thinking i was like this looks it. like it's in japan like this looks like a, a full-blown bullet right right What's i don't happening? know if, i don't know if it's i don't know if that train goes that fast but they definitely it have that train like that goes under that. the uh <laughs> still a cool still a super cool sequence yeah and it's, um, it still looks good too it, yeah i think it, it looks it doesn't fine look that bad uh the chopper in the tunnel is absolutely ridiculous but uh it's amazing i though. mean it's so good i love my one of my favorite moments in the whole film and totally unwarranted just completely ridiculous moment but i just it kicks so much ass when he hooks the helicopter and he turns over and screams at him. <laughs> you remember this? He, hooks it, yeah. ah! <laughs> he just 
screams <laughs> and then he gets kicked off the side. Just that shit rules. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and then the exploding chopper where uh, Tom Cruise flies back to the uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure that was in the trailer back in the yeah, day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit rules. And the thing, the 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 uh, <laughs> broken propeller yeah. about to the cut blade, his throat. Like, or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know. Anyway, yeah, uh, gave it a three. It's it's super solid. Solid, solid. Episode. I went full four on it. I could have went higher yeah. even. Yeah. It's no movie, it's no pre- movie that features Henry Zerny being like, uh, <laughs> I want him manning a station in Alaska yeah. by the end of the day. <laughs> Mail him his clothes. That's, that was, that was good. That's, that guy's I great love too. Henry Cerny. He's great. This. Like, what is he in? Like, he's in nothing. I look I him he's up. In, he's, he's in, in Sharp like... Objects right now. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's just like he's, I was looking him up. Uh, he was in like, like, he's so was great. It, uh, I don't even clear know. and present danger. Yeah, like, that's right. That's okay. right. Like another like one of those one of those Jack he was Ryan so, movies. No, he's in Clear and Present Danger. No, he's in Clear and Present Danger because he's, he's in that scene. There's a great scene where Harrison Ford uh, tells him, you know, you're going to jail, pal, and he and he pulls out his uh, his letter. And he says, he says, I have an autographed get out of jail free card. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a bureaucratic dick in that movie? Yes, absolutely. I he's think more, he's worse he in this one, in that one than this. Okay, wow. so yeah. in that in that scene in the uh, where Henry Zerny is talking to Tom Cruise in the uh, aquarium restaurant, yeah. like he seems like a full blown bad guy, mm-hmm. like the way he's just Absolutely. like loving the idea of taking in Tom Cruise for for like setting up for for being a threatening a, his parents, betraying the country, and or whatever. Every, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's insane. It's and it's he's like dark. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> it's awesome. He's dying he's slowly a, he's in America. After all, he's also be a very expensive also, proposition. Sorry. No, he's got <laughs> a long he, list of things I love about this movie right now. <laughs> well, real quick, he's got one of my favorite lines in the movie, too, which is just the classic. Tom Cruise puts on the glasses and he sees him on the watch. Good morning, Mr. Phelps. <laughs> so, that shit rules. <laughs> so good. Uh, How badly did you guys want Tom Cruise and Vanessa Redgrave to fuck? <laughs> because pretty there was chemistry there. And I did not remember that from my childhood. Now, did you watch this prior to Fallout or after Fallout? I watched it right before, like two days before I went to Fallout. Do you notice that there's a connection to Max in Fallout? No. That the blonde girl is Max's daughter. Holy shit. She mentions Max. She's like, many of you know my mother and her love of paradoxes. It's a clear (laughs) reference to Max in the first film. Wow. It's amazing. And it's like just barely. It's just like it's just a line where like he's standing in the back of the room when Damn. she's making that speech. And you're more paying attention to him than what she's saying, which is it's just incredible. It's just a little tiny link to you the first to start song. a Mission Impossible cast. Okay, this is a, <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to give away my, my rating for the newest movie and, and maybe for all of them. But this is my, my favorite fucking blockbuster franchise right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so into this right now. I know. I, I feel you. I 100% feel you. I mean, I, rewatching the, the first and the fourth one, I was just like, I am so pumped for Fallout. Like, I've, uh, it's, and then, yeah, it's, spoiler, Fallout did not disappoint. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> it was a ride. And it's, ride. it's I just sat there in that whole theater for like almost three hours because of that extended uh, first man trailer <laughs> and Good 25 minutes. And it was just like that's it's the longest one by far. Yeah. And I was so into it. Yeah, I didn't. I had no problem with the. I mean, are we getting into the fallout right now? <laughs> no, let's, 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 you guys let's, might as well just do the whole Mission Impossible dump right now. The fourth. Well, in the first we one, got though, like six deep dives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first <laughs> one. Uh, I mean, I'll just say if you want to say more about it, it's fine. I'm going to give it a four, no. though. I'm also four, like okay. the highest the four a four can go. Okay, well, let's just, you want to jump to Ghost Protocol since that's the one we all watch? Yeah, sure. Uh, Ghost Protocol. Um, this is the first time I've seen this one. 
Uh, I'm only missing the third one at this point, and I'm starting to see the third. Don't one. even worry about it. Really, it's Move that bad. On. I hate no. it. I hate the third one. It's not that. It's I don't. Terrible. I also don't like the it. The second but it's one not, is the worst. The second one. I don't one, need to watch the second. The second one, one is worse. The third okay. one would be right above the second okay. one for me. I'm still gonna watch. I can't stand it. Um, but the third one is like the worst shot and ugliest. It's of hideous looking. Like John Woo actually knew how to. J, John Woo knew how to film the movie. He just made it <laughs> super dumb. <laughs> Um, Ghost Protocol though, uh, pretty good. I gave this one a three as well, but you know where the first one succeeds with the, you know, like the drama in the first one is is top like top notch. There's not you know the action's okay in the first one for me, but like this one's got fucking great action. But when there's not action, it, I'm I'm just not there. And like like you said, Jeremy Renner. You. He's brutal. Uh, uh, yeah, he's not very good. Uh, I just can't stand his whole. Like he's just got such a. Not like just, he wants to be liked so bad. Like he's got. He wants to be charismatic so bad, and you, it's just you he's, you're just not Tom that. Cruise. Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're Cruise. not Tom Cruise, bud. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there were talk. There was talk of him taking over the franchise that, when this yeah. movie came out, and it's end. it's a joke. That's over. <laughs> like, do, you, do you guys read? There's like a bunch of stuff this week about why he wasn't in. It's because of the, the, the event, like they're filming the new Avengers or whatever. His Avengers commitment, but yeah. they didn't use him in the Avengers. Well, I thought it was that he was filming the uh, the newest <laughs> Avengers, that they're filming the new the new no, one now. The uh, Christopher McQuarrie said they like oh, so they needed f- him during the first Avengers shoot. Oh, okay, but they like they have like the rights to him, right. but they didn't exercise their rights, and it was already too late for the Mission Impossible filming. Wow. And like Christopher McQuarrie offered him like a show up at the beginning and we can kill you off kind of deal. <laughs> and it'll be like an emotional thing. And he was like, no, Jeremy Renner said no. What a dick. I mean, thank Christ. Honestly, I don't want him in the movie. Like, like the, I, the movie's so much better with him not being there. Also, it doesn't yeah, matter because team knows members he doesn't be, need to be there. Yeah. Team well, members come and go. Right. It's, yeah. But I mean, like in Ghost Protocol, like there's no being Rams. Like he's at the very end. And I'm like, I don't know. That was a bummer. I didn't care for that. They didn't need a, a guy in the van as much yeah, in Ghost Protocol. Like, that's, okay, that's a thing. Can I, I like say that. though, not not to <laughs> I mean, spoil again, not to spoil f- the Fallout, but perhaps for the best because clearly Ving Rhames has. I don't know if he's been out of work or something. He's clearly lost his ability to act <laughs> over the past few years. He was he's fine. horrendous he was, in Fallout. <laughs> he was awful. He is awful in I mean, Fallout. He's, just he's he's the worst team member. He's. But, his acting is atrocious. <laughs> the lines that they give him are atro- like he's got he's got all the exposition lines about their rela- all the stuff he has to talk about is the most least interesting stuff in the entire film. But they they give him that because he's known Ethan the longest. Buds, and he's man. aware of the uh of the Michelle Monaghan situation. I mean, which I think they have finally put to bed. You, I don't you think, think we're going to have to see Michelle Monaghan again. I could use some more Wes Bentley, though. <laughs> that guy, that guy is creepy as fuck. It's, it's <laughs> you cannot hey, be a Ethan, doctor. How you doing? <laughs> you cannot be a doctor with that facial hair. I know, right? It's illegal. <laughs> oh my! Okay, Jesus Ghost Protocol, Christ. though. Um, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, some we're of the we're all over the place here. Yeah. <laughs> the Dubai shit was was the shit. Yeah, uh, that rules. But um, I don't, you know, I don't know. It was all right. Which part of the Dubai shit? Because there's a lot of stuff that happens in Dubai. The, <laughs> the the building stuff, like the yeah, climbing the building, whatever the fuck. That's, I still, most, I know that Tom story. Cruise is the star of the franchise. That he will live through this sequence. Yeah, and I still jump when he falls. Get those sweaty palms. Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> it makes no sense. It's like obviously he's not going to die. <laughs> I I watched that scene on YouTube right before I watched the movie just 
so that I'd be ready when I watch the movie again. <laughs> Build up your immunity. Yeah. This is the problem it's, that it's I nice. have. That, but speaking of that sequence in particular, this is the problem I have with Ghost Protocol and why it dropped half a star this time watching it is that the technology in Ghost Protocol is the goofiest it's out of very, all of the very films. James Bond. Agreed. It's like it's really, cartoonish. Yeah, it's very over mm. the top. Except it, for the only thing I really, really like and think like that actually like makes sense how they use that was the screen thing that they use with the uh, when they're trying to get down yeah. the hallway. I, I I like the whole. I just think it's clever. That whole it's sequence, is, yeah. sequence is really cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when like when a bunch of guards show up and it's like yeah, it's yeah. flipping yeah. out. It's it, awesome. It's really cool. And I, I, the comedic moment of Simon Pegg looking at the camera and his face. Be, that's just fun. It's clever. Yeah. And it's like it makes sense because it's like a Pixar thing. And Brad Bird directed. He directed The Incredibles. So it's like it's a very like a yeah. lot of the stuff in here is like that. They're like it's like cartoon set pieces, but. Yeah, the, the, the car like, car garage is a cartoon. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Hundred percent. I'm sorry, but the 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 fan thing that that uh, Jeremy Renner has to jump yeah. like that. What is that? What is this? It's a callback it's to the first movie. Cooling the uh, it's, it's cooling the computer. But it's, it's like, <laughs> the hard drives or whatever. It's even got the temperature aspect from the first one. <laughs> He's sweating to his shirt. Why is this computer? <laughs> what is this thing? They have to get the information out of it. I don't know. <laughs> what is this computer? Why is it the size of a fucking cave? It's got lots that's, of information. I mean, I guess that's believable. Isn't you know, that, people have giant servers. But this, yeah. it's not even that. It's, I don't even know what the fuck this thing is. It's like a tunnel with like, and it's I, like it's, they have to keep I already it hidden under, the, why they're under the ground. Here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing about all the movies, doesn't though. doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. None of the <laughs> plot matters. Who right. gives a You're flying right. fuck? I don't, it's I'm, about the set pieces. It's about it just, the fun of the action. It's just very cartoony. I don't that's really remember why, if they're getting that computer thing out, why does Paula Patton have to, like, fake seduce the guy? Yeah, I don't know. She needs she has to get she some kind of codes. Codes or something. they got to get the satellite codes or whatever. Yeah, something like that. They need access to the satellite. There's a nuke involved, and the guy... The guy from Game of Th- or not Game of Thrones. The guy from uh, I just watched fucking uh, John Wick wants to blow up the uh, the world with a nuke, right? Yeah, he's like an anarchist, essentially, yeah. like yeah. the like the other guy too, like Sean Harris. It's the exact same thing. It's it's, it's, it's very similar. It's amazing how the plot is always the exact same in every film. It's <laughs> the not, nukes are the ultimate threat. It's not so quite it's like, the exact you can't, I mean, it's always the villain is almost always trying to do something for the same reason, and like we talked about earlier. Ethan Hunt is almost always disavowed, or IMF <laughs> is always shut down. <laughs> you know, I like the, the rogue the disavow. Like, isn't every fucking Jane, aren't they all rogue nation? No, like, they're like they're no, all the, the rogue nation one, is, is the uh, is the Sean Harris character, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it okay? Never mind. He's the, the second one doesn't have uh, as much of a disavow thing, and the mm. character in the bad guy in the second one is just straight up. Doug he, Ray wants, Scott. he wants money, yeah, uh, and there, there's no like wild. take over the world thing, yeah. right. but it's also fucking dumb. This so. Hoffman <laughs> wants money too, right? Or what's yeah. he trying to do? Well, Stakes and JJ Abrams yeah. decided that Hoffman wants the the rabbit's foot. Oh, right. And we don't really rabbit. know what it is, and JJ Abrams, his decide. I'm gonna be so fucking clever. I'm not even gonna tell the audience or Ethan Hunt what the rabbit's foot is, Rolls, and I'm gonna make tons of jokes about it. Wow, I fucking hate JJ Abrams. It's yeah, this is why I don't like the movie. It's just comp- and 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 it's it's the introduction of this of the worst part of the entire franchise, which is the Michelle Monaghan stuff. I, I can't mean, stand it. You could call her the worst part of the franchise, but then she disappears for two movies. You just got like the emotional moment at the end. I know I hate that shit. But the end of Mich- Mission Impossible Three falls apart because it's just too. It tries yeah. to be emotional and it fails. 
The I don't of, care the about protocol is fucking ridiculous, and it it's like ten minutes. Yeah, of, sh- of just I don't care. I love that at the end of Ghost <laughs> Protocol, he gives them all phones, like you're part of the team, and then Paula Patton never comes back. <laughs> yeah, I know they never explain it either. Which is you know that's fine. Yeah, but we didn't need Jeremy Renner back either. <laughs> no, we didn't. I, I I guess I do need to rewatch the fifth one though, because yeah, I don't I don't recall at all what happens in except for the only thing I remember is that there's a cool motorcycle chase on the freeway and then there's uh he has, there's like the underwater sequence where he has to go underwater over the computer or something. It's like, like the same thing that Jeremy Renner does in, in Ghost Protocol but he does it underwater. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh tune in next week where we <laughs> talk about Rogue Nation. Yeah. And nothing else. Yeah. But uh, the other Mission Impossible movies. I think overall, <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd say this is uh, the most. I'd say it's probably one of the more graphically violent of the Mission oh, Impossible yeah. films. Uh, There's some uh, the the secretary shots. guy Wilkinson gets yeah. his head blown off. I mean, it's pretty graphic for the a whole, PG-13 the whole movie. Sequence is pretty good. Yeah, I, I I mean, overall, I enjoy it. It's a fun movie to watch, but it's definitely like there are things in this movie that are just so beyond the pale as far as believability. I just can't like I can't accept that they would do some of the things they do in this the way that they do them like this like when he's escaping the prison and paula Patton has like a sound wave machine that erases the ground but like i was like what why i it's and then so the goofy silly russian bad guy who follows them all over the world yeah like eh, it's a little ridiculous and the kremlin exploding <laughs> looks terrible the special it, effect yeah, is horrible of that obviously that, green screen that's probably the worst special effect like yeah. super green screen in the in the in the later three Absolutely. Mission Impossible is, I think that might be the worst one. But, uh, you know, I still, I still, uh, like I say, I still enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave it a three and a half. Yeah, I went, <coughs> I went three. It, it, it was almost a two and a half, but Leah Sadu is uh, a. <laughs> I could save it. She could watch it, this movie. So, uh, I could watch this movie every day. It's a four and a half. I just, I damn. love it. I mean, I have that same feeling. Like, yeah. it's, inf- like it's very rewatchable. I could watch it again today, no problem, and enjoy it. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's not a bad movie. That doesn't. Just, that I just yeah. There's just so much stuff in it. Like I could also say that about Fallout, and I like Fallout better. I just think Fallout does everything better. Let's just talk about Fallout then. Uh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, the most recent uh, Mission Impossible, directed by uh, Christopher McQuarrie, the, the, the first film in the franchise to be directed by a, a former director and, uh, of the franchise. Should we? Can we announce now? We'll we'll try to. Not do spoilers. Kevin hasn't seen it, and okay, it's fair a enough. New movie. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, spoiler-free on this discussion. Uh, what do you guys think of Mission Impossible Fallout, starring Tommy Cruise? Best action scenes of the franchise, easily. Uh, bathroom fight scene was fucking incredible. The motorcycle shit, like okay, like in Ghost Protocol, you've got the car chase, but there's like a sandstorm happening, yeah. and I'm like, the, uh, like that's fine, but it's like. I don't know, dude. The motorcycle shit in this is incredible. Like, it, it, like Tom Cruise was on the motorcycle in yeah. several parts of this and going like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> and the climactic helicopter chase. Well, that's not really a spoiler, but uh, it's in the trailer. There's a helicopter yeah. chase in the trailer, right. dude. Like, yeah, just it's just a fucking roller coaster ride. It really is. So um, this this brings me to my first point, which would be. Jonathan says this is a roller. Co- I'm just, I mean, just going to attack you right now. He says this is a roller coaster ride, <laughs> and yet this is the same score that you give the other two Mission Impossible films that we just talked about. You clearly like this one more. I do. It, the, now, when we this, came out of the theater, hang on, motherfucker. I'm just kidding. When we came out of the theater, it was 
That was ugh, that was fucking long. God, fuck I this movie. This it movie was, sucks. I did, I did oh my not god! Say that. You were not. You were lukewarm at best. If on you this thing are when you over out. thirty, I was, I was digesting. This. You are not. I would not recommend getting a large soda for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna fucking it is make so it. So long. It's but I mean that's neither here nor there. It just feels like when we walked out, you were of a different mind than you are now, and your rating doesn't reflect either one of those minds. Um, to me. It's like I you did, hated it when we walked absolutely out. Absolutely did not say it sucked. I said that was fucking long. I'd probably give it like a two and a half. And then I think you said two and you said it would be generous. <laughs> I did not. That was you. I might have said that. You I was, literally I, said Well, it. I was playing along with your hatred because I, I was like, I'm giving this shit a four. And I was like, no, you were, I was like I, I'm going to rock his world. And then he gave it a three. And I was like, a three? He's supposed to hate this thing. <laughs> Look, he used his brain and he thought about it. I guess so. I, did, I didn't. I just. That's why I want to talk about it more. No. Uh, See where your head's at. Because I, like, I agree, like the the action sequences are so good. Mm-hmm. Like midway through the film, especially after the bathroom sequence, I was like, and after the chase in Paris, I'm like, this is like seriously like the best action I've seen in like ten years. Like this is these action sequences are unbelievably good. Like they're so entertaining, they're so incredibly well shot. This movie has the best cinematography of any of the films, in my opinion. That Halo jump. It's uh, it's beautiful. This movie is beautiful looking, yeah. and any CG that they do use is very tasteful. I, I, it's just like I, the only like the problem that I have with the film, the only issue I have with the film is the plot and is the exposition, the expository dialogue. There's a especially lot. from Ving Rhames, and it honestly is with, brutal with, with the length of the movie. Like it's it when like I said, this is this is what I said when I came out of here. Okay, it's like when there's not action. Yeah, I'm bored to tears. I mean, it's, I, I, like, I, I, I just want to fast forward the movie, and it's, I hate to say that, but it's like, no, it's fair. It's the same with all of the Mission Impossible movies for me. I'm not like the biggest fan. It's like they're all they're like they're all threes to me because they're like they're interesting, but they're not. They're, they're just not that great, personally. But this one, the action is so good, it will probably go up when I rewatch it. So. Yeah. I mean, I it, I can almost uh, guarantee it'll go up for me also. Yeah. It's like it's like dread, you know. Watch dread for the first time. I was like, yeah, pretty good. Now, now it's a five. You know what I mean? I like, rewatch it again. Right. It's probably gonna be a five. <laughs> I, I I rewatched it. it. Hasn't gone up to a five yet, but it's uh, four and a half. But yeah, solid it's four just and a half. When, but, uh, when you relax and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. have to you have to like you have to forgive certain aspects of this because the aspects that are good are so good. Yeah, you have to forgive the problems. JR. I had um, well, there was about half an hour. Where I just couldn't handle Henry Cavill, and I realized it's just because he's in—he's just a shitty Superman, or he's in shitty Superman movies, and that's all I, I know yeah. him from. But so, my friends and I used to have this theory that if you put Steve Zahn in a movie and gave him <laughs> facial hair, you had a good performance on your hands. And I'm—I'm yeah, I'm totally brother. into <laughs> saving Silverman, rescue Don. <laughs> Yeah, Dude. out of sight. I mean, he just Don. when he's good, he's got facial okay. Hair. He's he's also great though in that thing you do, but it's more of a comedic performance. Yeah. So yeah, look, I didn't say he's bad when he doesn't have facial hair. <laughs> okay, he's I just better when facial okay. hair. Got it. But I'm I'm willing to entertain uh, a Henry Cavill theory for the same. I and I don't know if he he's not always good. There's one particular part where I was like, that's a bad. Like he gets he gets the fuck in the movie. Yeah. He gets the one PG thirteen fuck, and it's not very good. But um, it's the first fuck out of the entire franchise. Really? Also, yeah. Huh. He he and was. It's, well, it's a wasted fuck. I am, in my opinion. It was, I, very, it was very confusing. Like coming out of the theater, like 
I didn't know what his character was. He, he was very like. Well, let's not get into uh, too I, much about. Yeah, it. no, I mean, right. not, not like his actual character. But I'm just saying, like his acting was like he was so stiff. I thought his weird. I, yeah, like I it's just personally, I thought he was pretty bad in it. Actually, uh, but th- when he's fighting, he's a badass. Oh, he rocks when he's anything he did physically. He, yeah, when he had lines to deliver, I was like a little embarrassed for him. I was like, he, he seems out of his depth a little bit. But it's like, he I mean, is he been. putting a character? Is it a character or is it just him? Like, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I've never seen him in anything else. I've never seen Superman or Superman Man from Uncle or anything I mean, like that. So. He, he is, mm. I mean, Superman is that stiff guy yeah. to me in my he's, head. Superman's terrible. It's the Blue Boy Scout. Um, so, I, I uh, yeah, I don't, I just didn't. It was very I, confusing. I thought, I thought a lot of the acting uh, left a lot to be desired, uh, particularly, as I've mentioned before, and we'll mention till the day I die, Ving Rhames. But also, <laughs> uh, and I love Ving Rhames, but he's just, really he's awful in me. this. He's terrible. Dude, that didn't bother me. Why, wait till you all, watch it. All <laughs> like no single performance was like I gotta bring this down because I'm I'm a Rebecca Ferguson fan. I mean, in Mission Impossible, okay, I like what she's doing. Yeah, I like she's fine. I it. liked the blonde. I liked Max's daughter. I liked. I think the blonde was one of the better performances. I liked. Yeah, and this is gonna sound crazy. I liked Tom Cruise. I liked Tom Cruise good. in general. I liked him in this movie okay. I, I just think Tom Cruise is so much more of a... You just like him or you don't. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like you like respect his acting ability or anything. He's just good or he's not. You know, like you... Like, I just dig Tom Cruise. I'm going to talk about Rain Man in a little bit. And I did not care for Rain Man that much. But Tom Cruise is a blast. Like, he could, I could just watch him doing anything. Yeah. He's great. Wrong wrong Oscar winner for, for Rain Man. Amen, brother. But anyways, yeah. Paul, I mean, I... I uh, Should... Uh, okay. Sorry. No, go no, ahead. No, no dude, I, you should go first. You should go first. Well, I was going to say, um, as far as the acting goes, uh, Sean Harris uh, was fine, a little bit over the top, maybe. But I really dug his, some of the choices of making the character so, like, uh, almost, like, uh, stoic and nihilistic. Like, whenever they're trying to kill him in the car and he's just kind of sitting there. Like, exp- like he's not, like, reacting to it at all because yeah. he just doesn't give a flying fuck what happens. It's amazing. And I love that whole sequence, too, this, uh, her trying to kill him seemingly trying to kill Ethan Ethan tr- running her over <laughs> just just that's the, another thing about this movie it d- d- ditches almost all of the ridiculous technology in favor of it real does. world yeah. like he uses a pistol to kill people he uses his fist to fight people yeah. he, he uses a knife at one point to stab somebody it's like you would never see that in the J.J. Abrams movie or the Brad Bird movie it'd all be so some overly complicated thing where they have to use a computer to put a contact lens in Jeremy Miner's eye to take a picture of a document <laughs> there's nothing ridiculous like that in this movie really everything's like grounded in some sort of a reality up to and including the nuclear devices themselves and the amazingly realistic detonator device yeah I mean for the most part those are just like that shit's real. De- detonator and yeah. Like GPS yeah exactly it just looks like a military thing that actually exists in real life there's some mm. wildly accurate GPS but I, I don't know military shit I'm- that the, I think the only thing that's really kind of silly, not silly, but like verges on like that's hard to believe is the the thing where they shoot the beacon into his neck or whatever, all that stuff. I don't know how accurate that is. I, but. I, I found it amusing that they turned the masks into a joke. Yeah. Which that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> the masks have also been in every movie. And there's about a... What? Five twists in this movie. I don't know. Four. I mean, I, 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 it depends on what you mean when you say twist, because I feel like if you don't see some of this stuff them, coming, it's saying. like, and in the trailer, it's revealed. Certain things are revealed in the trailer. Even I mean, you see certain but characters you don't have the right, you don't doing have the right certain context. things. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You are unsure what those imply. I, I just assumed 100 percent from the trailer that 
you know who is is a villain. But I mean, see, I assumed it was a uh, we think Tom Cruise has gone rogue situation. Oh, well. But um, uh, yeah. what I was gonna say is, uh, should we wrap this up and invite Kevin back to the table? <laughs> I guess. Oh, I'll, just one more thing: the music, best music since Danny Elfman's original score. Yes. And Danny Elfman's score, forgot to mention it, amazing in, in yeah. the first. Uh, I hate I hate to give him credit. I don't. I really do. <laughs> it's his last good one, though. When you think about it, like he was doing some interesting stuff in the early 90s with Burton and everything, and then this is like the end of his career as an original composer. <laughs> After this, he starts aping other composers, you know? So yeah. he's it's quite good. But, uh, yeah, I gave this a four. I have no doubt it'll jump up to at least a four and a half on rewatch. Four and a half. Give it a three. Brutal. Kevin, <laughs> what'd you watch? <laughs> I rewatched The Serious Man, uh, directed by the Coen brothers, written and directed by the Coen brothers. I remember liking this when I first saw it, like, years and years and years ago, but, like, watching it now, it's like, holy shit, this movie is so fucking good. And I mentioned it in my letterbox review, like, you know, obviously the Oscars are a joke, but Michael Stuhlbarg didn't even get a nomination, and he is fucking fantastic in this. It's pretty crazy that this got nominated for Best Picture, though. Yeah? yeah I wouldn't um, have expected that. Is that is crazy. Yeah, I mean... It like, feels like if it came out today, it would not get nominated for Best Picture. Probably not. But, like, it's so, like... I... I haven't seen enough of the Coen brothers recently to say, oh, well, this is this is quintessential Coen brothers, but it's incredibly unique and like so much of the stuff like part of me like wanted to be like sad when i was watching it but i was laughing at the same time like i just you feel so bad for michael Stuhlbarg and like just all the stuff that he's going through and like he just cannot fathom anything that's going on around him and like uh <laughs> and <laughs> like uh Fred Melamed as the guy who's like sleeping with his wife and <laughs> and him try him trying to see all the rabbis and they they have no they have no help for him and uh, look at the parking lot <laughs> yeah just, just I mean there are people out there <laughs> and then like well why didn't you tell me the story if it doesn't relate to what I'm going through then why bring it up. <laughs> It's really terrific. It really is. We actually covered this on a, uh, the earliest incarnation of this show, the Baton Rouge Film Club podcast. Oh. Uh, Jordan really? and I talked about this movie yeah, okay. at, at length for an episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite good. Yes, very much. Um, yeah, I I don't know what I would have given it at uh, like the first time I saw it, but this was an easy, easy five. What's your thought process about the uh, cold open of the film? I actually enjoyed it. Um, like it's seemingly out of nowhere, but then like, then it really kind of manifests itself like pretty much the entire rest of the movie. <clears throat> when you think about it, 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 uh, it relates to what you just said about the character, the rabbi telling him a story that doesn't relate to anything. Yeah. Yeah. This being a story that doesn't have any, anything seemingly to do with the rest of the film, but it's just like this, uh, interesting little short film almost at the beginning of the picture. Right. Yeah, I thought I was in the wrong movie theater. <laughs> the first time, I can see that. Yeah, a cold five out of five. Then, huh? Easy, stone cold. Yeah, um, like right. there's just so much, so much to love about about the movie, and yeah. Well, um, 
I watched Rain Man uh, for the first time, directed by Barry Levinson from 88, I think. Uh, had never seen this. Wanted to see it. I'd heard a lot of good things about the movie, about Hoffman, about Hans Zimmer's score even. Uh, and I will say that uh, probably a little bit overhyped because uh, Hoffman is way, way over the top in this movie. Like, I, I didn't realize how... Like, I expected a more controlled kind of calm performance from him, but he's he's just all over the place and it doesn't like certain things that he does don't seem to mesh with who the character is supposed to be or the affliction that he's supposed to have. And, uh, I'd say, yeah, like JR was saying, I think Tom Cruise is, is the, the better performance in the film, uh, as the kind of quintessential asshole, just that such a dick in this one. (laughs) And just so great. And you never see performances like this from him anymore because I think he's very image conscious now. Like he wants to be the hero. He's an action star now, more or less, and he wants to be the hero. And uh, he's, I mean, even even when I didn't see um, what is it, Made in the USA or something? What's some fucking what's American Made? American Made, yeah. Uh, not the Godard film, yeah. Uh, right. The Doug Lyman picture where he's a cocaine dealer or flyer or smuggler or whatever. Yeah. But I even get the feeling from that. I mean, that it's kind of more like a very kind of. Uh, gratifying picture about his character you know or he has some kind of redemptive arc or something but uh he's quite good in in rain man the score by Hans zimmer is atrocious uh i can't stand it but i mean it's probably just like an 80s thing if you like 80s scores you'll you'll love it so yeah i gave it a three that's Damn, that's, that's three that. yeah just wasn't that great it, I, i'm I was, surprised you gave it that much like oh, i tom cruise carried it a long way and I, I i like barry levinson i like levinson's directing in it i think it's a solidly made film i think it looks really good some of the shots are really quite good uh but yeah overall i think just the where the story goes and hoffman's performance all just kind of put me off and i really like hoffman but i mean mm. it's just i don't know i did, didn't do it for me and th- this one best picture which is insane to me i don't <laughs> i don't understand how they would give the best picture Oscar to this movie, but whatever. All right, so let's, uh, should we jump back into normal order? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So I watched, uh, Tully, Jason Reitman and Diablo Cody's latest, uh, collaboration. And, uh, man. Now to be, don't f- go see this. Okay. Hang on now. <laughs> Are you a fan of Diablo Cody's and his, and in particular young adult? Are you a fan? Of I like young adult. Okay. I, really don't like Juno. Right. Um this is not this is not more like Juno or anything. It just it's bad. Um so Charlie's there and is like a really tired mother and uh her really asshole brother suggests she call a night nanny and that's that's fine. Um you never see that brother again. <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's it's Mark Duplass. Oh. Yeah, New Orleans boy Mark Duplass. And he just uh little stunt casting there (laughs) (laughs) hey just like he just like hey call this nanny i'm gonna disappear from the movie (laughs) cool Uh, he's got some more mumblecore stuff to make you know he's gotta get out of there (laughs) and there's just uh there's like there's there's very little like comedic timing in the way they made this movie i don't know if you guys remember the trailer Mm -hmm. there's like a montage of like being a, she drops being a the phone heart. on the baby and uh, I laughed out loud in a theater the first time I saw her drop the phone on the baby. <laughs> but in in this movie, it's still part of a montage, but it's like in the middle and there's like it's not mm. like a beat, it just happens. It's it's really strange and it's not funny in the movie. Mm. I, don't, I don't like not, the whole montage is just not funny. Mm. And it's strange. And uh 
you know, Charlize Ther- Theron is she's fine. She's okay, but she's not. She's honestly not given a whole lot to do. And then uh, how is the, the night, night nanny? nanny? Yeah, who, who is this again? It's Mackenzie Davis. She was in Halt and Catch Fire. Okay, and a co- you know this movie called Always Shine, which is pretty good. She's good in it. She's good in stuff. I like her in that first season of Halt and Catch Fire. And the movie gets a little bit better once she shows up, but then it gets uh, really dumb. <laughs> like it was just kind of like a mediocre, boring movie, and it becomes a really dumb movie just bit so there's of a, a twist yeah a bit of a twist there's a twist then it's dumb and it kind of <laughs> just sinks the movie but it's just this is another diablo cody movie where the dialogue is just like trying so hard to be either cute edgy or funny depending on the point of the movie it's uh it's rough i uh i like young adult a lot i can't stand jason reitman but young adult i have to give to him is quite good and uh it's by far his best movie. yeah without a doubt <laughs> and uh and when this movie uh the trailer came out i was excited because it's you know the same three people it's the star and the writer and the director and then uh my wife i listened to another podcast and i listened to the spoiler discussion of this movie i haven't seen the movie i know what happens i know what okay. the twist is and my wife called the twist from the trailer really yeah she said, I bet it's this. And then I listened to that spoilers question. I was like, holy shit. She just she called it without seeing it. It's incredible. I see it. The twist makes me mad because it makes a bunch of like stuff that is said before in the movie. Like, oh, that's retroactively meaningful a little bit. Right. And it's just, mm. I'm, I'm not a fan of that kind of twist where it's like. Might need to rewatch it. Get a, get a feel for uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how it works now that you know. Uh I don't. I didn't call the twist exactly, but there is a point halfway through the movie where you definitely learn that something is not what it seems. Yeah. What is the twist? And Just tell no, me. no, 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 no. Not her it. baby. No, we don't want to talk. Baby? We don't want to talk to the baby? twist because other people are listening to the podcast. Yeah. Spoiler no, alert! No. no, you look it up. <laughs> Three. Just read it. Two. Read it. One. Yeah, go okay. read about nope. it. Um, you just don't care that much. Just tell me. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm good. You read it. <laughs> I'll tell you off air. Yeah, I'll tell you off air. There you go. All right. So, uh, two out of five. I really dislike this movie. Okay. I only watch Mission Impossible's. Jesus Sorry. Christ. <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, let's see. Thanks for making me blow my load earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I watched Dogtooth by Yorgos Lanthimos. This was weird. Um, That's fair. Yeah, it's good though, huh? It's good. It's all right. I you mean, didn't give this a five? No, <laughs> I gave it a three. All right, John. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I gave it a five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's this family, and they're living like this kind of secluded life off somewhere. Um, it opens with. The father bringing a security guard from his office to have sex with his son. And there's, like, a lot of, like, weird discipline that the parents subject their children to. And, like, uh, you know, you get a little incest in there. And a lot of, a lot of just off-the-wall, like, strange stuff. And it's this weird seclusion where, like, I don't think it's necessarily, like, village-type seclusion where, like, they'll never leave the grounds of this house. 
but I can't, but I mean, it's, I don't know. I just didn't know what to make of it. Like of the three Lanthimos movies that I've seen, like this one seemed to have like the least amount of plot to it. So, I mean, it's kind of just one weirdness after another and that's it. And it's been a while since I've watched it, but I remember it being like really obviously allegorical of like authoritarian systems and, you know, people like the father being like the, um, like a tyrant Mm. who's trying purposely to confuse his underlings are the people who he's ruling over, which would be his family in the film, you know, which is why they have like this things where they say things or like the telephone is right. a salt shaker or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're trying to mix them up and confuse them to stop them from getting out into the world and getting knowledge like, uh, say, you know, Kim Jong-un or somebody would be yeah, controlling yeah. the, um, information. Yeah. I could definitely see that. And I, if I think your criticism is valid, I mean, if, if you want, <laughs> If you see the allegory, or if you're not interested in the allegory, it's there could still be allegory with a more driven, purposeful plot, mm-hmm. and not you're right that not a lot happens in in Dark Two. Yeah. yeah, and it's I mean, well, a bunch happens. It's not not in yeah. a plot sort of way though. Yeah, it seemed like I think he made this one right before Lobster, and no, you know, this is the first one. Years oh, his very ago. first one? Okay, yeah. so what did he do? He did Alps after this one, okay. and then Lobster, I believe. Okay, haven't seen Alps. Um, but yeah, like seeing where he went from Dogtooth to the Lobster, it's like, it's definitely the same director, because like pretty much all of his movies could conceivably take place in the same world. Like, it's definitely not the real world that we all exist in. But, um... But yeah, like seeing how much he grew with the lobster, like how much more, like, you know, it just looks so much better. The plot is so much more fleshed out. The, like, he's just such a better filmmaker by the time he gets to the lobster. And while the lobster, I don't think is a masterpiece, it's still very, very good. Agreed. Uh, what'd you give talk to you? Did you say uh, three? Three. Are uh, you guys anticipating his his next one with I anticipate Emma Stone? anything he does. I'll anticipate it. So yeah, I I mean I can't remember the name of it. The favorite. The favorite. Thank you. Yeah. Anything he comes off with, I'll watch. It is kind of interesting that most of the trailer, the, the scenes that Emma Stone is in, it's her getting like either slapped or hit or she doesn't have a lot of dialogue in the trailer no, either. I mean, she so just she is yeah, she kind of goes yeah. ah a lot. I was surprised but, to uh, see Emma Stone in. Um, Lanthimos movie at all? She's got that Oscar now. She's got to do some art house shit, you know. <laughs> That's right. But, she, uh, well, but she, Olivia she, Coleman is the Queen of England. Hell yeah, let me in. She's also got um, a new show on Netflix coming out with Jonah Hill, but it's like a serious. It's like a drama. I don't know. It's like a sci-fi drama something. I don't know. I assume they've been buddies for a while. Sure, since Super Bad. Yeah, mm. yeah. He wanted the banger. He probably has. Um, <laughs> I watched uh, Cabin Boy, rewatched Cabin Boy, uh, directed by um, some guy who never directed anything else. Uh, yeah, produced by Tim Burton. It was supposed to be a Tim Burton vehicle, apparently, and he dropped out for some reason and uh, lent his uh, name. 
and seemingly a lot of his style to this guy because it it really reeks of Burtonisms. I mean, there's a lot of like uh, just the costume designs, the set designs. Have any of you seen this movie? No, no. Yeah. And okay. I had no idea that it had. I had no idea it was related to Burton or had yeah. Burton style shit in it. Um, it's uh, it's actually okay. The pro- it it it, ha- it it sins greatly because it's a comedy that's not funny very much. Okay, it has a couple of moments that are quite funny, but. Overall, it's not very funny. I remember it being like super dry, like the like the comedy's like not. No, even, no, it's it's it's, uh, it's like um, it's like naked gun humor. Oh, really? But okay. it's not funny at all. Okay, it's funny. And uh, there are moments in it where Chris Elliott has a couple of moments where he says things that are kind of amusing. You chuckle a little bit, but you it's have to give the funny. movie props just for existing, just for being what it is. Like it's such a strange unusual unique picture this i mean one chris elliott is the star totally bizarre right yeah two uh it's set in this like timeless weird like it's like (laughs) at the beginning of the film he's at this school it's like a it looks like an adam sandler movie from the early 90s it looks like billy madison or something he leaves the school he goes to the docks the second he gets to the docks to get on board this fishing ship then that's when we're in the Burton-esque land. It's like a fantasy world, and it's it's all practical. There's no it's CG. Like they have like stop-motion animation during parts of it. Uh, there's a giant at the end of this film who's a villain played by Mike Starr, who uh, they shoot uh, Chris Elliott fighting him, and it's like they have this actual... like He's actually on this big jacket, like climbing up the jacket. It's really incredible to look at. And, I mean, just a lot of fun to watch. It's very short... Some of the uh, surrounding the crew members of the ship are uh, uh, well known. Uh, Brian Brian James from Blade Runner, mm. uh, Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's brother from uh, which, which who, he was in Groundhog Day with Chris Elliott, um, and then the other guy is James uh, Gammon, who you would know him if you saw him. He talked like this. He's James Gammon. He's in he's in uh, he's in Wild Bill. He's always telling the stories about Wild Bill in Deadwood. Um, yeah, just really fun to watch and uh Melora Walters who I just love Melora Walters I wish she was in more stuff she's just it's it's a shame because she's in Boogie Nights and Magnolia and then P.T. Anderson stopped using her and it's just (laughs) it's just such a bummer because she's so good and she's very attractive and uh I just like to watch her and stuff but um she's in an early episode of Frasier also she's like an extra but Mm. anyway Cabin Boy, I, I, you know, I only gave it a three, but I would have to say I highly recommend checking it out just because of its oddity status. It's um, hmm. kind of a blast to get through, and there are incredibly funny moments. Like there was, ver- there was one moment that was like I had to stop the movie because I was laughing so hard, which is where I'll just say it. It's where uh, they put, they decide um, Chris Elliott's driving them insane on the boat, so mm-hmm. they're like, we're gonna put you on a raft behind us, and we're gonna let out two miles of rope. And you're just going to float behind us for a few days because we can't stand you anymore. <laughs> so I put him on the rope, on the raft, and he looks up. He goes, uh, is it true that uh, seawater is bad for you? Like, you can't drink it? And then Brian, Brian Doyle Murray looks at him like, goes, that's a new one on me. <laughs> and then Brian James goes, it's water, ain't it? That's <laughs> 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 just the best. I just, I cracked up for like 10 minutes about it. But, uh, you know, outside of that, it's kind of, the script's pretty silly. But, mm. um, you know, just visually, it's a... It's a it's a treat. Check it out. It's on HBO Go right now or HBO Now. Hmm. Yeah, give it a three, Jr. I watched uh, the Belly of an Architect. 
which is a, another Peter Greenaway movie from 1987. Talked about one of his last week. Mm. This is about uh, Brian Dennehy is an architect. He moves to Rome with his wife because he has been commissioned by some architecture group uh, or museum group to create an exhibit devoted to his favorite architect. And uh, once he gets to Rome, he starts having just like horrible stomach pain and becomes obsessed with uh, Caesar Augustus, one of like, you know, ancient Roman emperors, the first ancient Roman emperor. And uh, Caesar Augustus, there's like a very unproven theory that he had, or he was slowly poisoned to death by his wife. And so Brian Dennehy just starts not trusting his wife and their relationship dissolves. And there's a lot of humor and uh, some more disgusting stuff and lots of just like Greenaway using like beautiful Roman architecture as backdrop to, you know, his drama. Hmm. And what year is uh, this? 87. How are you watching these Greenaway films? Off I doubt this one, but I think it's available on in, DVD. In three parts? No. Okay. So what, can you say what site? Yeah. I could, I guess. Can I could, yeah. You can say. Torrent King. He? Torrent King? Yeah, Torrent King. I've never King. heard of that. It's, see. it's great. Okay. It's, uh, just kidding. That was, uh, it's a very legal site. <laughs> no one remember that. I'm sure that the people listening aren't related to Peter Greenaway or the studio that's involved in making this movie. And yeah. Brian Dennehy's almost dead, so you know, <laughs> uh, who, who could care? <laughs> Dennehy is incredible in this. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the, the only thing that kind of brings this movie down is that the other actors in this are not incredible. And it's I think it's the only example of a Greenaway movie where he gets some not great performances. His wife is Chloe Webb. Who is Nancy and Sid and Nancy. Yeah. Mm. She's she's really bad. She's like so bad. And I wish I wish she wasn't because she should be good. I mean, like the, the part is pretty good. Um, yeah. Last week I talked about like a really difficult Greenaway movie. So mm. this is one I can actually recommend. It still has like a lot of his weirdness, but it's a uh, it's got a much more traditional plot that mm. works. It's a four out of five. Nice. Cool. John, since you're here now, yeah, I'm mo- here. most disturbing movie you've ever seen? Was this a feedback last week or something? No, it's just something we oh, uh, talk, most we disturbing about. movie I've ever seen. Because like, like he was talking, what was the movie you'd seen? The Baby of Macone. Right, and how it was just it was brutally fucked. Right. I would say that uh, I remember you talked about Irreversible. That I mean, when I saw yeah. that the first time, I remember thinking it was. Disturbed is hard for me. I, I have a pretty thick skin for that kind of thing. Not a lot like gets to me that way. Uh, I think I'd say like I've been emotionally disturbed by some movies. United ninety three bothered me a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is probably not a normal choice for that kind of question. But I mean, the ending of that movie I found very disturbing. Uh, it's just the you know the killings and the uh, you know flying into the ground and all that. It's just very you know it's very like it's a downer you know right yeah and uh it really fucked fucked with me for a second but um yeah i mean i don't know like salt like solo is i guess technically disturbing but they're not you know it's it's not a movie that it's you know i'm like oh my god like that's it's it seems like it's trying too hard to be disturbing that to to actually be but um yeah i don't i've never seen cannibal holocaust i hear there's actual animal killings in it i think that would bother me Mm. um have you seen that JR? No. 
Okay. Uh, I still got a movie to assign to you, so. <laughs> you to put me through the disturbing uh, movie? Was, wow. I was kidding with you. Uh, yeah, so I don't. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess I would have to say United 93, as, as weird as that answer might be, but it's, hey, a, I mean, it's a disturbing picture. I respect it. Yeah. Yeah. Your next film, so, Kevin. Uh, yes. Let's see. So I watched Seven Days in May, directed by John Frankenheimer, his follow-up to The Manchurian Candidate, mm-hmm. starring Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas, and screenplay written by Rod Serling. Um... So, Kirk Douglas is a colonel, and he's under Burt Lancaster, who is this general who's kind of, like, leading this charge against the president, because the president is trying to get this peace treaty with Russia happening, and this guy's... And Burt Lancaster's like, no, man, it's not going to work. You, you, it, won't, it won't work. It just won't work. And so, a number of things happen that pique Kirk Douglas's interest and make him very suspicious of Burt Lancaster and a bunch of the other joint chiefs of staff. And then it goes into this um, weird kind of plot stuff. And this is a really good movie. Very well acted. Like, Burt Lancaster, like, most of the time, I think he was pretty much cast as like the you know handsome, you know hero do-gooder. But like as a villain, he is so fantastic. Like there are points where like he's delivering like speeches, and like you just see in his face, in his eyes, that like he believes what he's talking about, and like he's already like really tall and physically imposing, and then like his speeches. <laughs> make him even scarier and yeah so and a lot of great actors who are like bit actors like uh frederick march who plays the president he's really good in this uh martin balsam who was in like he was in 12 angry men and a bunch of like tv stuff around this time he's really great and kirk douglas is really great ava gardner's okay but like her story her line in the story is kind of just to be there and you know look pretty i don't think there are a lot of great female roles in frankenheimer movies not really i mean rewatch reindeer games and tell me that okay because charlie's theron is amazing in reindeer games uh, (laughs) well and uh angela lansbury in manchurian canada who's that uh yeah who's that uh who's the woman from braveheart who's in uh no she's not from braveheart who's the who's the, the model actress who's in ronan She's she's not bad. Who, she's she, um, she's like like a big part in that movie. Zulovsky's ex-wife, right? Yeah, something like that. She's a she's definitely foreign. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember her name. It's not Monica Bellucci. No, she, okay. she's no, it's uh, she's like got like these piercing eyes and long brown hair. Oh, okay, right. she's always in turtlenecks in the movie. Oh. What'd you give Seven Days in May out of five? four? All right, four. Very very good movie. Well, uh, I'm not going to talk about Cure for Wellness because it kind of sucks. But I watched Cure for Wellness, uh, and it sucks. So I'm going to jump right into. Uh, it's like two and a half hours long, which is just insane. That's uh, disgusting, absurd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just two and a half hours of Dane DeHaan, and it, <laughs> I just can't. I can't. If he's not in a spacesuit jumping through the city of a thousand planets, I'm not interested. Uh, so I rewatched uh, Cliffhanger because, as I said in my review for Fallout, 
the ending of Fallout is just it's Cliffhanger. So I had to rewatch Cliffhanger and it did not disappoint. Cliffhanger is Rennie Harlan's best film by far. Rennie Harlan is a horrible director and uh this is just a great, great picture. I also rewatched Cutthroat Island, uh or watched Cutthroat Island for the first time just because I never seen it and I it's like notoriously bad or whatever. Never seen that either. It's honestly it's just as good as any blockbuster that comes out now. Obviously less good than others, but I mean like there's no way that you could watch like the latest Fast and the Furious movie and say this movie is objectively better than Cutthroat Island. There like <laughs> Cutthroat Island is just a fun dumb movie with lots and lots of action and Gina Davis and Matthew Bodine putting in, you know, passable if not kind of lame performances as pirates. Uh, you know, goofy uh silly action. And it's fine. It's not great, but it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen. I still understand the the hatred for this movie, but anyway. Um Cliffhanger, on the other hand, is just talk about great action set pieces, uh, great lines of of dialogue. John Lithgow as the villain, just vicious. I mean, like, honestly, I go back and forth between like how, when he's the most evil, this or Ricochet. <laughs> I, it might be this. Like, he's Cliff, pretty hardcore yeah. in this. Wow. He kills his own girlfriend in this yeah. movie. Spoiler. So it's like it's <laughs> it's pretty fucked. But like um, you say what happens and then you say spoiler after. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, we haven't all seen this, John. Oh, I apologize for all you guys who want to watch Cliffhanger after this episode. Are you, you looking forward to this one, Jr.? I yes, can assign this one to you, bud. If it's awesome, it I is mean, awesome. It's a four and a half solid. I mean, I I fucking love it. Like I, fu- it's got the most expensive stunt ever done on film in it. Still, to yeah, this day? to this day, they had to pay the stuntman a million dollars to wow. go from one plane on a zip line to another plane while they were 15,000 feet in the air. That's Jesus Christ. Dangerous, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. They Did he die? No, he's alive. Huh? No parachute? Oh, I'm sure he had a parachute on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's in the movie. I mean, you can look at it and ju- judge insane. for yourself. But uh, it's really incredible. Uh, the action's great. The violence is top-notch. The squib use rules. The, honestly, like the cinematography is really good, and the direction is quite good. It's weird to see Rennie Harlan go from some of his other things, like Die Hard 2 is trash. Mm, uh, you know, comparatively speaking, like all, all of his movies are pretty bad compared to this one. What else has he done? Uh, the Long Kiss Goodnight, which I like, but it's it's really silly and s- it's kind of stupid. And uh, Cutthroat Island, and uh, he did the Exorcist movie after Paul Schrader dropped out of it. Uh, Exorcist the Beginning or whatever. Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea, oh, yeah. Jesus. So he's 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 not a good. He's Whoa. got a bad track record, and he's not a very good director. He's like a poor man's Michael Bay. I think most people would assume. <laughs> yeah. But he's but this movie I think is better than anything Michael Bay ever did, in my opinion. Uh, Cliffhanger's just very very good. Some of the effects really hold up to, like the matte uh, compositing and stuff. Like it looks like there's a shot of uh, Sylvester Stallone climbing up the side of a mountain, and it pans out like all the way until it's like he's a thousand feet in the air, and, and it's like it looks real. And it's obviously not real. Like, he's not really climbing a mountain. It's insane. Hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, Cliffhanger, four and a half. Solid, nice. solid film. Check it out. I will. Please do. <laughs> Sorry. It's great. I'm going to have to watch okay. that again. I watched a little, uh, it's a little known French New Wave movie, Trans Europe Express. It's Elaine Robbie Grill, Grillet. Grillet? I don't know. He's the guy that wrote last what's, year. What's it called Love. again? Trans Europe Express. Trans. Europe is spelled incorrectly. Do they ever play the Kraftwerk song in this? <laughs> I don't think so. Dang it. No. But this is like a... I don't know. This is a, a fun, silly movie. It's about a director played by the director 
who just gets on a train with a couple of his assistants and they just like start talking about the plot of a movie because they see an actor get on the train, Jean-Louis Trintignant, just a famous new wave guy. And uh, he like just looks at them and then like keeps going and walks away. So they just like imagine that he's smuggling drugs and they (laughs) just talk through the plot of a movie. And while they're talking, you know, that plot isn't is acted out except they like keep like getting to dead ends and they keep having shitty ideas that they have to like walk back and so they just keep uh, redoing everything that they've done and it's uh it's fun it's funny and uh it kind of reveals that this director and writer has a thing for uh bondage and nudity because somehow in this am i right <laughs> in this very silly movie there's <laughs> It managed to fit in a lot of a lot of bondage stuff. Uh, yeah, it's convoluted. And it's funny. <laughs> cool. Four point two five, and it's like it's it's really well shot. It looks it looks really cool. Sweet, cool. That's it. Let's talk about Jaws. Okay, Jaws is my last movie, so mm. yeah, Jaws is a uh, good one to talk about. Oh, right. So we all rewatch Jaws, except Jonathan. I don't need to rewatch it. <laughs> um, I feel the exact same way. I've seen this, uh, <laughs> seen this so, ten times I mean, easily. Let the let the listeners know how many times have you seen this before? This is my first time. First time. Yeah, that's right. This is my first time watching Jaws. Uh, it's a big blind spot for me in the uh, the kind of cinematic history of America. I uh, it's a, one of the bigger films that I have never seen, and uh, Steven Spielberg's first kind of uh, big kind of what put him on the map. Uh, never been a big Spielberg fan. But I try to put that aside because I do like, I mean, I like Schindler's List. I love Munich. Uh, I like Minority Report's pretty good. I like some of his films, you know. Is, is AI good? I never saw AI. I don't know. Last time no. I saw it, I really <laughs> didn't think very much of it. I'm going to go no on that. <laughs> I've been wanting to watch it. Isn't it like two hours and 40 minutes also? Yeah, it is. It's, it's long. insanely long. Um, yeah. It's not It's not a Kubrick movie. I'm right. 46 say that. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. so I, I, Jaws was on Amazon Prime, and uh, you guys were talking a lot of shit last week about me not seeing it. So I was like, you know what? I'll watch Jaws. Why not? It's two hours long. Should be an easy adventure movie to get through. And uh, that's exactly what it was. And uh, I don't understand what is special about this movie. It's like a B movie. It's, uh, it's fine. It's competently made. Uh, the acting is okay. I don't find any of it spectacular. And I, I love Roy Scheider, and I'd say this is not one of his better performances. Um, if there's any acting that I that I did enjoy, it would be Richard Dreyfus, But even his stuff is kind of goofy at times. I don't know. Um, and as far as the, you know, this is, I guess, like a prototypical thriller. Um, you know, what they would call thrillers now. And uh, I didn't find it thrilling at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just wasn't, it wasn't exciting. To, but I mean, that's not necessarily the film's fault. It's a time period thing. I mean, you know, it's 1976 or whatever. So it's you know, obviously something from 1976 is probably not going to be as thrilling as something that comes out like Fallout is was thrilling and exciting. But um, you know, this is you know, it can't be that obviously. Mm. Uh, I thought the special effects were fine. I thought they did a pretty good job of hiding the the kind of um, limitations of the shark itself and yeah. uh have you read or heard that that was not the intention yeah i've heard i've, like, I've heard that yeah bruce, they called him bruce apparently yeah and yeah. he didn't he didn't work right yeah so yeah i know i that, so that that's, steven spielberg wouldn't have a career if the shark had worked right i mean uh 
that's fair. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that, uh, it works. I mean, it's been said before, but yeah, I think it works for the film that way that you don't really see the shark that much until nearer to the end when you see him, his head a lot. Uh, I think that it's amazing to me what Spielberg is allowed to get away with by the MPAA. Uh, it, yeah. it continues to astonish me. I don't understand why Munich's not rated PG-13 because it's just like he just can do whatever the fuck he wants. He can show as much graphic violence as he wants and they'll give him whatever rating he asks for. <laughs> He's a fucking piece of shit. I, I, it's just, it infuriates there are boob, there me. There are boobs in this movie. Or I know. A, a yeah, yeah. yeah. It infuriates me how graphic this movie is and it's got a PG rating. In 1976, the same year Taxi Driver came out. 75. 75. Whatever. Around the same time that all these uh, hyper-violent movies that are, you know, as violent, maybe even a little less graphically violent than this movie came out, and yet they're given our ratings. But it's an adventure, dude. It's an adventure. And uh, we know that because of the score. Yeah. Because when the score is not doing its (laughs) dun-duns, it's... Yeah, it's very it's pretty uh, standard adventure score. It's very piratical, I would uh, say. It's like a not seafarer. A fan. Not a fan. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I didn't love it either. But uh, I don't like the. I don't love the uh, the Jaws theme either. But that's not fair either because that's you know something that's overplayed and you've heard yeah. it yeah, parodied exactly. so yeah, many yeah. times. You, yeah. I don't you think you don't it, have don't, to have seen this movie to know the Jaws. Exactly. Yeah. I think everybody knows the Jaws theme, and I. I it doesn't because of that. It's perhaps unfair but it doesn't work for me in the film mm. um i really uh i the i don't like i also kind of don't like the uh just if i had one more issue with it it would be that um because just to be fair I'm not, i don't hate this movie i just didn't like like it a lot it was okay it was very middle of the road for me uh my other issue would be that it like the the shifting of gears uh Midway to two thirds, where they just kind of jump on the boat, and the rest of the movie is on the but boat. It's pretty much an hour and an hour. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. perfectly bisected. Right. Yeah. So it's like I don't know that I don't know how much I enjoy that because there's so much that's there are things that are set up before they get on the boat that never get resolved. Like the mayor, most pointedly, is like I want the mayor to get eaten by the shark. <laughs> like the mayor is such a piece of shit. You want him to get his comeuppance somehow, or at least like the—I mean, obviously not get eaten by the shark. That's ridiculous. But like, have like the the his constituents realize that he was putting them all in danger, even though he doesn't. You know, and also his motivations don't make any sense. Like his after the shark attacks for the second time on the beach, he says, "My kids are out there too." It's like, wh- why? Are you insane? Like. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand like what this guy's thought process is. Like tourism at all costs. I don't care what. Like, yeah. I think no. I think he's got a statistics guy. I mean, statistics say you're not going to get eaten by a shark when you're at the beach. Yeah, I mean, they don't. They don't know that if you're at the beach. Movie. If you're at the beach and there's a, sh- but they, but he's been told at that point by a specialist, Richard Dreyfus, that there is a man eater yeah. in the area. And then he's like, so then, yeah, there's a statistic. It's it's one in however many people are on the beach that day. One of you is getting eaten. Like, that's not going <laughs> to happen. So, I mean, I it just makes no – it's just like, yeah, but I don't care. Let's we got to have the tourists. I mean, it's July 4th. If we don't have the tourists, our whole town's going to go bankrupt or something. I mean, it's just – it's madness to yeah, me. This whole, this whole movie could have been avoided if uh, if they just closed the beach for a week and yeah. – the shark didn't have a food supply. Exactly, it would go. Elsewhere. He would have. He would have gone back to Louisiana. Yeah, where he came from. <laughs> yeah. No, that was the one. That was the tiger oh, shark. Yeah, you're right. My bad. It would have gone elsewhere shark. to find food, though. Is is the point? And I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, it's 
everything in this movie is economically motivated. Yeah. Even the even like their decision to go out and kill the shark is still just so we can open that beach back up again. Right. We got to pay what's his face the amount of money. Robert that, Shaw. Yeah, Robert Shaw yeah. the money that he needs so that he can kill the shark. Even though he's not really. It also feels like I don't know what what he like. That, that's another thing. It's like he the whole you know the famous scene of him scratching the chalkboard and saying. I can kill the shark and you know, you know, it's like, why, why is, I never, I don't ever see why he is special to killing the shark. Like why he's able to do it. No one else could kill the shark. He's the one. Well, we don't, like, we don't really know that so much. We just know that he knows what he's doing on a boat. Yeah. But like the, how many boats are in this harbor? They, There's a million show, fishermen. Like, the only other fishermen they show right, are ones who don't know what they're that doing. That is true. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. That's, I mean it's comical. Let's, in yes. fact, let's be, let's be real here. It's, it, at this point, if you have a shark this huge, they're calling the Coast Guard. Absolutely. Coast Guard's coming in. This yeah. thing is eating people. Yeah, with M16s. Left and right. They're going to dynamite oh, yeah. the fucker. Yeah. This, you know? right, <laughs> this is ridiculous. This movie is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, so it's, you have to suspend some, some disbelief. I mean, I do. You, well, you suspend disbelief with every film, but I'm saying like, it's just... Especially with... It bothers... <laughs> like it's too much for me. It's too much. I... But you guys clearly uh, feel very differently about okay. this. You 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 worship at the feet of Spielberg. You love, he's the greatest American filmmaker Minority of Report all time. Is a, is a good movie. <laughs> I can. I enjoy that movie. I wouldn't say that I worship Steven like Spielberg three, because I started 1941 and I got five minutes and I was like, I'm not going to do this. Well, nobody it's likes 1941. Shit, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I like Murray Hamilton, the mayor. Like I think he does a really like obviously yeah. I mean, he is kind of the quintessential bad guy who just won't see, you know, until this problem comes up and bites you in the ass. And, like, the way he's just kind of mumbling to himself and, like, just totally stricken when he's in the hospital and he finally, like, he doesn't even look at the paper. He just scribbles his name on it. Like, I think he's really great. I really like Roy Scheider in this. Um... Robert Shaw is really great, especially the Indianapolis speech when he's talking about all of his friends, like watching every single person he knew on a boat being eaten by sharks and like, and yeah, and Dreyfus is, <laughs> Dreyfus is great. Like his, uh, like I think the parts that kind of bother me about his performance is like when he tries to get like too serious, like damn it, Brody. And but like when he's goofy, I like him better. Honestly, I kind of like that those two characters, played by Dreyfus and Shaw, are kind of trying to just like out asshole each other for sure. Much yeah. of the movie, yeah. But however, I also think just them having so much to do gives Scheider less to do in the second half of the movie. Mm. He yeah. just he's like just on the boat, watching and being scared. <laughs> yeah, and then he blows up the the shark. Yeah, and yeah. Then, whatever. But you know, I mean, I think that's like like fits very well for yeah. Brody's character like you know they they and they really don't make it like so in your face that he's like not comfortable being on boats like there's a little bit here and there but like there's no like he won't moment, even like yeah there's he no won't moment even... where he, like he steps on a boat and like has to steady himself and you know he's not like breaking he's not touching the water to like pull someone out of the water at the beach yeah like, yeah dude, they don't, they don't say that, although they do mention at some point, just as like, oh, it's just as weird as a beach cop not liking water or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> it's only time an they island if you look that. at it from the water. Yeah, the, 
That and makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, I thought the yeah. same thing as Richard Dreyfus there. Yeah, and like sarcastically. Yeah. Um, I still think the opening of this movie is like perfect. It's just like a really well done, suspenseful, scary killing. Yeah. I really like it. Uh, I also really like the uh, like the first beach sequence where the, the kid gets eaten. I really like that uh, whenever Spielberg films at the beach, like when he shows the people in the water, he always shows them alone. He like All of his shots are like really tight, which makes it feel like everyone is alone and anyone can get eaten at any time because you know that shark is fucking coming. Mm-hmm. It just happens to get the kid, and it's. Uh, I think for uh, you know for a kid death, it's pretty graphic. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah it's like and, a uh, volcano uh, of blood. <laughs> it's a little, yeah, they they. <laughs> it's a little graphic, <laughs> and he shows. Yeah, he films that scene for a long time. Think yeah. think about think about just to get back onto that a little bit. Think about <laughs> think about Spielberg's use of violence in Indiana Jones, like the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Indiana Jones is shot in the arm at one point and they have a blood squib that explodes onto the windshield of the car that he's in. What other director could have that in their PG movie? Tell me the director. <laughs> there is no other filmmaker who would, who would be able to No other filmmaker would think to have a blood squib at that point. They would just be like, I just do like a squib with some powder or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, you know, let's get some blood on this windshield. Let's get it real graphic and gross. Like, it's it's a, it's insane. But I don't know why like, you're mad at Jaws for that. I'm mad at Jaws because it's the exact same fucking thing. Because at the end of the movie, but, Jaws bites so, Robert Shaw in half and he gurgles up blood okay. and it's a PG so movie. We, this this should be rated R. Yes. If it was rated R, would your rating be higher? Even though like nothing would change. Possibly. That's interesting. That's insane. Do no, <laughs> it bothers. No, it what it bothers me. The okay, it's not necess- It's not a hundred percent. Uh, Steven Spielberg's fault. It's a little no. bit his fault, but it's, it's, the MPAA it's is his successful lobbying. The MPAA is a horseshit organization. I mean, did he have the power to do that back then in '75? Someone did. I mean, that makes someone no sense. at the studio did. I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know that they lobbied. I don't know that they got any other rating before and had to change it. It just feels like he's like. I mean, it's crap. he's like Mister Charisma. And just goes over there. Hey guys, here's Jaws. He's, oh, he's he, great, isn't it? And they're like, Oh yeah, this is great. Pete, you whatever Jaws, you want. <laughs> Jaws is graphic, but it's it's not that graphic, dude. It's if there's pretty, no, if there's, I just watched it. It's it pretty fucking graphic. If there's no PG thirteen, I, I I don't know. It's an R. It's a hard R. Is I'd it, say there there are there's dis- a boob. There's a boob. There is a boob. There okay, are boobs. There are there are cut up body parts in it. The shark yeah. bites a man in half, and a child is murdered with the shark teeth at one point. Vigorously. But it's got that adventure. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not this horror like. It doesn't matter. That's tone. I'm not saying. I'm, I, I agree. I that's, think that's the thing. That's I the, agree. Tone, that's yeah. fucking stupid. Yeah, it is. Dumb. Oh, because it's because t- it's tonally not that serious. Ah, PG. It's like that's ridiculous. Think of if you either want to like censor that. something or you don't. Like if you don't want to censor something, then don't put ratings on anything. Fuck it. You could just say what the movie has in it. You know, this movie has violence and shark attacks. I, but no, they have to give it a rating. They have to be specific because they want the the Christian parents to bring their children to see whatever movie, you know, and it's fucking bullshit. And if it had been rated R, we wouldn't even be talking about it because nobody would be talking about this movie because it wouldn't have been half as successful. Nobody would have seen it. Nobody would give a shit about this movie anymore. I the mean, fact that this PG right. made it a blockbuster, the first Absolutely. blockbuster. So that's my point. That's what's upsetting about this is how it's been reevaluated as some kind of a classic. It's just such genius filmmaking. 
it's just a mediocre middle of the road bullshit movie from the 70s i don't understand what is special about this movie the pacing and the way he shoots it the pacing it's dude it is entertaining for two hours so so many movies are paced well yeah they're not but they're not considered classics or the number one movie of all time by certain critics i mean that's true but i also don't consider this the number one movie of all time i didn't say you did and it's just it's like a just a really well done little you know Thriller, shark thriller, thriller, thriller. <laughs> it's a good great thriller, y'all. It's a great thriller. <laughs> Just get on a boat and shark it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. Sorry. It's more like an. Would you would Eastern you European. would you call Top Gun <laughs> thriller? A I've never art? never seen. I I've seen Top Gun. I was like nine when I saw it, so oh, okay. I don't have any idea. No, and and Top Gun and it, is not an R rated. What movie, is another PG be. violent in the seventies? PG was weird. That's true. Seventies were weird. Okay, what Jonathan just asked. What are some other PG violent movies? Look at any Spielberg movie that's rated PG. Wait, no, no, that has a gun in it. It'll Spielberg. be extremely violent and it'll be rated PG. Not Spielberg. Someone. <laughs> there me. aren't any. That's uh, the whole point. Okay. Spielberg has carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants. It's not true. It is true. No, sorry. I did. Th- there aren't any. Is not no. true. Oh, huh? in seventy-five. No. In seventy, he didn't well, have the power. I don't know how he did it in '75, but he I, did it. I, I, well, they, and they certainly him. gave him the power. And they, they, yeah. by I mean, giving after, him Jaws, they, after Jaws, he has the he power. He invented PG-13. You realize that? I, I do realize that. But after Jaws, I can see it. But like before Jaws released, I, I don't. Well, he had how, done how he had done a couple you, of movies already. Yeah, but I mean, Sugarland Express was a, a minor hit. Duel was a big Duel deal was a in TV, TV movie. He shot yeah. Columbo. <laughs> People love Columbo. All right, so Gremlins is PG. Beetlejuice is PG. Mommy Dearest is PG. That's weird. <laughs> Isn't Mommy Dearest a TV movie? No. It's not? I thought oh. it was a TV movie. No. Poltergeist is PG. Spielberg, damn it. Yeah, that's Spielberg again. <laughs> uh, uh, what the fuck? That's PG? Top Gun is PG. I mean, it's, it's, got a lot of, it's got a lot of cussing, and there's some mildly explicit sex stuff. Uh, it's so. more sensual. than there's no, gra- there's no nudity in it, though. Because I remember watching that as a kid and being like, like silhouette. Boot? I hope there's nudity yeah, in this. I, mean, I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think I he is. I, I think, think it's there's... all shot from the shoulder up. Oh, okay, right. maybe some <laughs> legs or something. Did we get silhouette nipple? <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard. I think you get that in Terminator. <laughs> Again, though, I don't want to be the guy who I'm not trying to have a, a hot take here or that you know I I hate this piece of shit movie. I just don't think it's like special at you all, are. and I have no You're interest Alex in ever Jones. rewatching it. I'm Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever you guys uh i gave it a two and a half out of five i gave it a five i love it it's fine i'd probably give it a three i mean it's, yeah it's like it's it, for you're, me it's, you're weird with your ratings for though, me man. It, it, it's, I, mid- I it, it's, it's middle of the road for me too like in my head right. I, re- I mean it's, i don't know that's fine it's not among his best it's, it's like Josh. to me like it's not close to his best for I me he's the second best behind raiders of the lost raiders, ark yeah. raiders of the lost ark isn't even in my top five for him Raiders rules. Honestly, I have so <laughs> few movies of his that I genuinely like. That's a great movie. That I don't even know if I can make a top five. I think I. I, I think was going to say five. like. I, I think mu- I have. There's Munich too, and there's Munich. Munich. There's Schindler's List, which I have a lot of problems with Schindler's List, but I think just from a standpoint of direction and aesthetics, it's an amazing film. Uh, I like Minority Report, Report yeah. but I think I like Minority Report about as much as I like Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean they're they're just they're fun movies. I don't like Minority Report. Oh, I like oh, it. Come on, it's a fun movie. It's and fun. I Tom Cruise, man. <laughs> you need to rewatch it now that you're on this Mission Impossible high. Maybe you, you know, know I saw Minority Report for like the first time pretty recently. Oh really? Mm. 
That's yeah. your problem. Right? Okay, that's another thing I want to talk about. How nostalgia plays a part in the people loving Jaws. Because I feel like the people who genuinely love Jaws, and you guys can tell me if this is wrong, saw it when they were younger. 22. Okay, well, I this is my first time seeing it. I'm 32. So maybe that plays a part. Maybe that's if I had seen even. it when I was first getting into films, when I was in high school, or even younger than that. When did you see it, Kevin? Uh, I was definitely in my 20s. Okay. so I don't know. Then. Yeah. Even that, I feel like most people see this when they're kids somehow. Because it's too. a kid's yeah. movie. It's PG. It, it, yeah, exactly. That's something I think a lot of people lie about, though. Like, a lot yeah. of people will say, like, oh, you know, I watched Natural Born Killers when I was, like, four and a half. And I, like, but somehow remember everything about it. So I, I can see 10, Jaws think, being the I, kind of thing where... We watched a lot. <laughs> yeah, like we, we watched it when we were, like, 12. We watched a lot of crazy <laughs> shit. But, I, yeah. 12, but, 12, not four and a half. Right, not you know, four and a half. But, but Natural Born Killers should not be watched by 12. Blockbuster didn't no. card... Hmm? Blockbuster didn't card. If you show up at a if you showed <laughs> yeah. up at a Blockbuster and you just handed them the money and you had a Blockbuster card, you're good. Especially if you had a stack. Like if you had a stack of movies, they don't give a they fuck. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. They, they were just like want them cash. Yeah. Yeah. A payola. <laughs> yeah. That's why I live I lived within walking distance of one. Ooh, and nice. I walked. Um, so that's why you became the man you are today. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Well, who knows? It's a magical but place. No. I, I think we're the right age to have parents that would have put that on for us. Like I don't re- know if my dad likes Jaws, but I could see that being a movie where he'd be like, we're going to watch Jaws because it's mm. badass. My dad showed me Goodfellas. Like, he, that was the movie he wanted to show me. Like, he, 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 he knew what Jaws was. He'd seen it. He probably watched it in the theater when it came out because he was, you know, 20 when it came out. But, like, this wasn't the movie that he was – this isn't one of the ones. He always wanted to show yeah. me shit that was way above what I should have been watching at the age. Like, he wanted to show me hard R, like, <laughs> full of graphic violence and cursing. Watch, go watch Dog Day Afternoon. It's great. Oh, it's a good movie. Oh, just be there in the bank the whole time and just. You, you know. had such a weird Christian household. I know it was. It, it was bizarre. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah. Now he bought Gladiator. The first movie he ever bought on DVD was Gladiator, and we just watched it immediately. And I mean, talk wow. about just with, like with the pagans. <laughs> the <Yeah>. the Germania. <laughs> Is there like any Christian stuff in uh, Gladiator? Like maybe even at like the very so. very end. Who is the uh, who's the emperor? In he's that? based on Caligula, but he's I th- he, he's a real emperor though. But he's they take but they take all the stuff from Caligula. And get, it's Augustus's okay. son. And, yeah, right. oh, there was a. Uh, oh, it's like it's, it's, um, or no, it's hmm. Tiberius, or that's that's Augustus' son. Oh, right, right. I think that's right. I'll look it up. Um, keep talking. Yeah, in Christianity, it was barely a blip in like seventy A.D. Yeah. That's when they sacked Jerusalem. Well, like... Commodus. Ka- Kama- okay. Is his name in the film. I don't know if that's a real... or not. I, th- I remember reading that he was real, but... Okay. Right. And he's the son of Marcus Aurelius, not Augustus. Mm. Marcus Aurelius. Okay. Who is real. So maybe yeah. not in 70 AD. Yeah, it was just... Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know when it's supposed to be set. Yeah. I was just curious, because, like, Peter Ustinov talked about Spartacus being, like, the the first gladiator movie or Roman movie that didn't have any, like, Christian overtones at the very end to, like, get approval from the censors? Marcus Aurelius uh, Antonius Augustus was the emperor until 180 A.D., and then Commodus took over. Actually, Commodus took over, it says, from 177. So, yeah, so the late 100s. Cool. Is when that movie would be sad but um anyway neither here nor there uh do you have anything else to talk about jr i got one more okay go ahead isle of dogs i watched it animation's cool i didn't laugh a single time 
um, stories too cute. Kevin? Social allegory. <laughs> social allegory is too simple. Uh, mostly wastes its voice cast. It's it's fine. It's just a it's just like a fine movie. <laughs> is it weird that Wes Anderson's like tackling this Japanese culture type thing? Yeah, it doesn't mean doesn't make sense. I think he just wanted to set something in Japan and yeah. make it and make it as foreign to us as possible. I really I struggled with the uh, you know Japanese is like the people language and English is the dog language in this movie. Mm-hmm. Except that there's a foreign exchange student in Japan who speaks English. I I don't like that he did that just for narrative convenience, I think. Mm. I think he should have gone all he should gone all the way with it, uh, not having any any other audience surrogate for the audience for the audience. Is that is that redundant? Um, yeah, just we don't need that character. Um, I yeah, halfway through the movie, like the whole dog pack disappears, and you're just kind of left with Brian Cranston. And I don't know why that the rest of the pack, like uh, with Bob Balaban and Edward Norton and uh, someone else. Jeff Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> like what? I don't really understand why they disappear from the movie because they were funny. Um, because they go down the wrong I, I know, <laughs> I know, and it, it, I wasn't sure what he was like trying to say about that, like the way that they like are always voting, like for the most part in their voting they were making the correct decisions, and Brian Cranston wasn't, but all of a sudden <laughs> one vote one vote too many and they're going into the incinerator. Um. <laughs> And they, it's okay. They get out. It's a kid because it's a kids movie. Spoiler. Um, it's not much of a spoiler, but they just disappear from the movie after that. And it's, uh, yeah, I just, I did not. I just don't get why this is like a really enjoyable movie. And I, I just. <laughs> Kevin, rebuttal. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> you have thirty seconds. I like it. I mean, <laughs> why no? I liked it. <laughs> it's not a. Defense. I like the money pit. That is my answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I think I, I really liked the animation. Um, the animation I, I, can, really I can definitely agree that Greta Gerwig's character really, like, shouldn't have been there. But, I mean, I don't think it's, like, like, it would be easy to say that it's, you know, the white, you know, white savior thing. But she really, like, she's really only, like, a cheerleader. Like, she doesn't actually, like get like it's still the kid who actually like yeah. comes back and like does the stuff um and also like it's clearly not the real world so you know and yeah i'm Definitely sure not. i'm sure wes anderson just wanted to do a japanese movie and you know like i think he does a good job of like skirting all of like the like uh, incendiary issues that might come up with this movie, although plenty of people still, you know, have problems with it for I, and I whatever don't, reason. I don't really have, like, a cultural appropriation issue with this movie. Yeah, no. I don't, like, the Japanese are not painted in, in a poor light. There's really, they're just two, they're two bad Japanese people, it's but all of dogs. the people are Japanese. So, it's like, it's too not... too many goddamn dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and I, there Maybe, are, that's there are too the many point. dogs because they can't figure out what to do with all the dogs. Yeah. Um, and uh, and also it makes sense that you know we should get rid of characters because it's hard to animate a movie like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially like <laughs> like uh, it's so 
far and away different than um, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So, yeah, just... But, like, the sheer amount of the stuff that's going on in, like, 95% of the frames in Isle of Dogs is just staggering. And, like, that alone, like, would put it at four and a half for me. But, like, I mean, it's already been clearly established. I like Wes Anderson's humor, and I like... I like that story, and I like all the voice actors. So this I mean, is this yeah, is the like, first Wes Anderson movie that didn't get a laugh out of me. You didn't hear the rumor? See, you laugh. It's funnier than when, when you do it now. <laughs> I, whatever. I find Three that with five. like that's <clears throat> a funny thing. Like I've tried to watch episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and when I watch it, I'm like. This shit is not funny, but like when Jonathan my rebuttal, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but when my friends like quote it, then it's funny. So I, I, I can't explain what's not funny about Jesus the dentist system. Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ, dude. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I've, I have mixed feelings on that show. I mean, I do too. I it, mean, it's I not just... the funniest shit ever, but like when it's funny, it's pretty fucking funny. I, <laughs> Maybe uh, I haven't. Maybe yeah. it, maybe it's because like I started throw, with the first uh, season. I don't know. They're, they're I mean, like they're like trying yeah. to get around this guy, this guy uh, on a bike, so they just like throw a beer bottle at him. Like let's just throw one across his bow, or like <laughs> shoot one across, across his, his bow. bow. And they ended up hitting him in the head with it and knocking him out. It's really funny. Hysterical. Right. Just just classic. Just it's it made, actually <laughs> it's interesting because uh, that the show when the show first came out it was referred to as uh, like Seinfeld on crack. Right, and it's interesting that it is. It is a lot like Seinfeld. I mean, they're they're terrible. They're hu- yeah, horrible yeah. human <laughs> beings. It's like Seinfeld is full of horrible human beings, but they're all likable. These people are like horrible human beings who aren't likable either. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's probably my biggest thing. Like, I don't understand shows like that, like that, and like I haven't seen it, but I understand Shameless is pretty much the same thing. Mm, I haven't seen it either. It's like I just don't like. Why do I want to watch people being dicks for right. an hour? Some odd. I mean, it's just Danny DeVito is just. He is funny. He's funny. He's only in the second this. season, though, or uh, starts in the second season. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think is it still going? Is yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's about yeah. to start like the. I haven't seen thirteenth season or something, something like that. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen the past like the ads for it. Are, seasons, the ads so. for it are really good though. Maybe like they uh, like they're spoofing like a bunch of horror movies like Friday the Thirteenth and Poltergeist. Oh, okay. So I'll give them credit on that. But, I haven't uh, seen it in a couple seasons, maybe okay. three. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I really liked Isle of Dogs, and if John doesn't, that's fine. Uh, you have, do, you, <laughs> do you have anything else you want to talk about? No. Okay, let's move on to our deep dive, uh, Dante's Inferno. This is Kevin's pick from 2007, directed by Sean Meredith. It won some kind of award at the uh, Silver Lake Film Festival because <laughs> Jonathan said he remembered it being nominated. I've for just seen this. I don't know. I've seen parts of this somewhere. Okay, maybe it was. Like I feel a- like I've seen the cover of it somewhere but right. like that's that's Maybe it, it was that's... like a youtube like top 10 most obscure movies or that oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, and that brings me to the big question which is kevin why uh why would you pick this movie because it was so so different from anything that we've talked about before okay. that, and, that feels uh, true yeah yeah and something that like none of y'all had seen even mm-hmm. jr which is rare so, I've got two movies he hasn't seen. Right well, now. I mean, actually, I've got like a list of like twenty-five movies he hasn't seen. But I hear, what you're and saying. he has like a hundred and seventy something on his list. Yeah. So oh, on your watch list? No, on my like list of potential 
things that I'm going to choose for my detail. Oh, no kidding, really? Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. I don't well, have that many. Jesus. I didn't want. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want what happened to me last time. How to you narrow good, that good down. You. I just went through my movies and picked ones I wanted. Okay. I don't know. That oh, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and you know, you can see if we've like watched it on Letterbox. So it's true. No, yeah. not really, but yeah. Well, it depends. Jonathan's been on Letterbox for oh, like true, you yeah. know a couple of years, and he's got a million movies he's seen that aren't on there. <laughs> right, right. And not should I go yeah. back and you should go back and click that them? you watch them. Don't don't rate them. It's a lot of work. Just click that you watch them. Mm. <laughs> I've done it. It's a lot of anyway, right. da- Dante's Inferno. Right? Dante's Inferno. <laughs> oh, is that what we're talking about? Go ahead. Yeah. Kevin. Uh, so yeah, so it's Dermot a... Mulroney as Dante and James Cromwell as Virgil. Dante is being led through hell to hopefully get him to get his life in order right which is the the plot of the poem but the this this version uh present yeah. day, or present day as in from 2007 very right. much from 2007 yeah, yeah, yeah. very much cell so. phones and all um yeah. and uh most notably i don't even know this, uh, this is the first thing i was going to say my first note was i don't know how to categorize it because it's not animated but it's like it's not live action either. It's this weird. Uh, it's, it's I guess puppet. it's like it's puppeted. Yeah, it's pup. It's puppeted, but they're not puppets either. They're like cardboard cutouts. So it's, right. But I it's mean, like they're they're on stream. Stop motion. Hardly of the move. No, it's stop motion though. It's all real. It's all real time. They're they're being they're, right. they're, they're puppets. Yes, they're oh, marionettes. Right, right. Marionettes, I guess. Right. Right. Okay. Fucking puppets. They're not Chill. puppets. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> I feel like if they were puppets, their mouths would be moving. It's almost all right. Puppets. Their mouths don't move. That's true. Anyway, they actually. I think he mentions that. Yeah. Yeah, so nobody's yeah. mouths move here. Yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, which was pretty funny. And the end, a mouth. Oh, moves. I'm saying he yeah, says yeah. that okay. in the film. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Stop it, JR. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so what did everybody think of uh, Dante's Inferno? Felt like an Adult Swim thing. Mm. I mean, not, that's, not, that's not a knock on it. I'm I like saying. that take. Which it really did. Yeah, especially of uh, uh, Satan. Yeah, definitely. Like yes. that, that was, that's that's fucking Adult Swim. Yeah, totally. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, this is, like, right, like, concurrent or, like, right after Robot Chicken? Yeah. Yeah, about a couple years after. Around around that time. Okay, yeah. I think the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie came out, like, the same year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Zodiac came out the same year, so it's just a... (laughs) Not related at all, but just a great year for cinema. Another <laughs> the uh, the Aqua Teen movie that was the last one I saw at uh, Segan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Nice. It's a good. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Aqua Teen, I mean, talking about Dante's Inferno, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I mean, yeah, uh, different. different. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, do, I don't know. I don't know where I am I'm, on this movie. Yeah, I'm with you. Because wow. it it felt like it was uh, it felt like it was trying to stay really close to the original, but add in modern references mm-hmm. and make some of those references funny, and some of them not as funny. Yeah, uh, some of the some of the modern stuff really kind of falls flat. Like it, especially in the first circle with you know lust and everything. It was like. Uh, that's not really all that good. Yeah, it's not really all that funny. And and maybe, maybe I just maybe he should have gone like all modern references because there's like a whole lot of like original names in there and the people that he that Dante saw in hell. Yeah, and I was like, I just I thought the mix was weird. I just thought the I thought that mix was strange, and. Yeah. 
and, yeah, and the, the reasons for them being in hell too is kind of confusing it's like you know wait a you know they, they Dante like, was like obviously like just trying to get out like a lot of yeah shit and like a lot of the people that he decided were going to right. hell you know, may, you know maybe they should have gone maybe they shouldn't have we don't know because this is Dante Alighieri's like personal vendetta against a lot of people in the 14th century. Yes, and so yeah. to like bring it's, that it's into to bring that into modern times, like you know, you wonder like what Sean Merritt, like why Sean Meredith decides like a lot of these people should be in hell. Yeah, like, I didn't think I didn't wonder too much about that. It felt like yeah. really obvious that Sean Meredith has an extreme political agenda oh, where yeah. he hates sure. he hates Bush, he hates Dick the Bush Shane. administration, no, but everybody but, who's involved with that. There's stuff there's, that doesn't fit into that though. Like like like, what? like the. the the gay dance club like where they they kind of like make a mention that it's like weird that gay people should go to hell but like they kind of just include it because it fits with uh the the dante poem like he I didn't want to get rid of that that is strange even because yeah. that yeah. doesn't yeah. fit with the rest of, of what we'll air quote call his his liberal agenda right <laughs> yeah i think that's the biggest Welcome problem the, with the biggest <laughs> problem with the film that i have <laughs> is that it is it's like the political overtones or the political satire that it's attempting to engage in date it terribly like it's so like you could say that this whole movie is a setup for the dick cheney punchline yeah i mean yeah pretty much pretty much and i i didn't think it was a great punchline it's not not but i would not have preferred it to just have been the original thing with this an, this animation or these that would have been because I, I i agree i think i think the comedy doesn't really work either i don't find it very funny I, I like I like the voice actors, but anytime Dermot Moroni is like trying to make a joke about something, like how you know, or like whenever they're going through the lust circle, and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, that's how is this a problem? They're fucking. This is great." I'm just like, I don't, I don't. This is lame. Like, I don't need to hear about how how cool he thinks it is. Like, I, I I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather it be like. And I mean, I, to be fair, I have not read Dante's Inferno. Don't know how it reads. I'm sure it, it's not like that though. And. uh Actually, it, it, it reads a lot like how this this went. Like it's yeah, it's a yeah. lot of like, oh, I randomly run into this man who knows who knew me in life, and like it's a lot of just people talking and a lot of exposition. However, it does work a little bit better because it's a poem from the 1300s. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and like it's really it helps like uh, you know standardize the Italian language. It's uh, you know it helped create. I mean, he created a lot of, like, the imagery that just people have used in Christian artwork ever since. Yeah. You know, like, this version of the devil is not a Catholic or Christian idea of the devil. It's a Dante idea of the devil that we've adopted. Yeah. And I think, like, Christianity in general kind of adopted what Dante put into Mm. hell, purgatory, and then heaven. Yeah. Organized religion is great. They'll just take anything (laughs) from anybody if it fits. Um, Yep. Sure. I mean that. That's and that's all fine. I'm, I'm. But I mean, in talks in talking about this film and the like, how they try to modernize those things, I don't think it works very well. No. Like at I all. Don't either. And I mean, it feels like you know. I mean, it's there are parts of it that. I mean, there are parts of it that are clever enough, I guess. I mean, like, but then there are other scenes where. It, it's so not clever that it like undermines <laughs> the parts that you think are interesting. Like, like when uh, they run into Cerebus and, and Virgil pulls out a pistol and shoots him in the face. Like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Like, what do we, like, it's, does that happen in the, in the poem? Does he like no. t- cut the dog's head off or something with a sword? I don't still has no, two other heads I, too. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, so one, one brain controls all the brains. 
I don't know. It's it's just very strange and like yeah. it feels like it was supposed to be funny, but it's not very funny. It's just kind of like odd. Yeah, like I think like like watching it again, like I've I first saw it in an English class where like we were reading Inferno and my teacher had us watch this as well. And like yeah, there are a lot of similarities, but yeah, some of the some of the stuff is just like the movie itself feels very much like a student film, and like you know what I'm guessing Sean Meredith and whoever he wrote with would see it as at the time, but yeah, it's yeah not quite as timeless as the original. And it's funny, yeah. too, like, uh, Inferno is, like... So, like, there's the Divine Comedy. Inferno, Purgatorio, Paradiso. And, like, no, pretty much nobody knows that there's Purgatorio or Paradiso. Like, no one knows that, like... I've certainly never read them. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't think any... One. I don't think, like... Maybe That's there the are, like, some part. Dante scholars who have read all three. about heaven. Yeah, that I mean, because, like, eventually Dante, like, book. gets there and he's reunited with Beatrice, who is, like... I think in real life she was like 14 and like <laughs> and like in real life he kind of paints Beatrice as kind of a slut because she wouldn't sleep with him. So does Dante see himself in hell? Does he like meet himself? No. He's 14. He's banging a 14 you know, year old. Pretty who bad. knows how self-aware Dante was. Pretty rough. But, I know, doubt. Yeah. Like I, I he did put himself through hell in that book. So maybe he. Yeah. He recognized he had sins. Yeah. Um, and one thing that carries over, like, Dante in the book passes out a lot. <laughs> like, pretty much, you know, any anything, like, remotely, like, disturbing. Oh! And, you know, he wakes <laughs> up in a different place. So, <laughs> yeah. I probably would, too, if I was in hell. Yeah. Or this version of hell. You know? Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say as far as the, um, again, don't know what to call it, the... Uh, technical aspect of the film like the cardboard cutouts and uh i think some of that is probably that's probably a, the the film at its most clever is how they accomplish some of the movement and things like that like in the editing and uh mm. you know like when they when they decide for characters to have joints and when they don't and uh yeah. I, I really like any point any time when <laughs> a character like gets hit or turns around anytime it turns around and it's a different thing on the back. Like, yeah, it's, that's kind of interesting and smart. And, uh, yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. Like they do the close up of Dante and they have the Adam's apple. Yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I did actually like really like that line when they're going through the lust portion. Like, so I don't, I don't get this Virgil. Like their whole thing is they get to have, they have sex it's like Dante. Maybe you're unfamiliar with the concept of eternity. Even still, though, just banging for eternity. I mean, not the worst possible punishment. Am I right? Seems pretty terrible. It could turn into. It could be. Bad. It could turn into friction <laughs> at some point. Is there an infinite amount of lube? You know, no, no, because no, no, it's no lube. No yeah, lube. your penis catches on fire. Right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I had um. I, just, I think I just need to mention again, uh, add on to this, Dermot Mulroney is given the worst lines. He's given all of the worst dialogue because he's supposed to be playing this 
thoughtless douchebag of a character. Boston douche. I he know. just yeah. Is this in Boston? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it takes place in New York, but like As he's from Boston, so okay. you know. It's just all of his shit is just so dumb. <laughs> and and even at the beginning, when Virgil shows up, he's like, "You're Virgil, that guy that wrote the Aeneid." It's like I studied that in school. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a paper on that at college, and then it cuts to him sleeping. Yeah, yeah. I just I couldn't. I couldn't with him. Are you are you a fan of Dermot Mulroney normally? I no. I don't know Dermot <laughs> the Mulroney's gray? work. The Gray. What? So, He's one so of what? the characters in The Gray. Yeah. I watched actually watched a, a western called The Last Outlaw that he was in uh, this past week that I didn't talk about, but. He's uh, he's not very good in it either, so I don't know. I, I have no opinion on Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, I didn't either. know I was supposed to. I thought uh, <laughs> I thought Cromwell's voice was quite good. Yeah, like yeah. it's very appropriate for Virgil. Yeah, I believed it. I agree. Um, you know, <laughs> I think the I think the movie is really. Uh, I'll give it this. It's extremely. Uh, it's not afraid of controversy. Yeah, it's not afraid to be extremely graphic um i mean there's a lot of dicks drawn on the cardboard in this yeah. movie and yep. uh, erect penises and uh hardcore sex and uh people getting shot and stabbed and so on and so forth and i yeah. mean I, and people and, getting their skin ripped off right and also naming names like like naming somebody like dick cheney saying that he's already in hell even though he's not dead it's like that's a pretty extreme they uh, didn't name Condoleezza, but I'm pretty sure that was Condoleezza at the beginning. Yeah, I think Getting it was. sucked into yeah. the tube. Yeah. Oh yeah. At the yeah. the trial. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I think not Mrs. Butterworth. God damn it! I'm Senator Strom Thurmond. I feel like there's way. T- that's that's my, my again. That's just my biggest problem is that there's way yeah. too much political references in this. Like, it just feels like okay. It's a it's a movie about hell. Who are the people who would be in hell? Okay, Hitler's going to be in hell. Mussolini's going to be in hell. Though nabbed on a technicality. Right, yeah. Because he's not like he killed six million people. Yeah. It's like like these people are all in hell. It's like, what about like the the normal people who are in hell who aren't celebrities? Like, it feels like he barely runs into anybody who's not somebody that we know from history. Except for like his people that he knows. His teachers. His life. He's got an issue with teachers. His teacher who was gay, who was in hell for being gay. Yeah. It's just a bizarre. His landlord who kicked him out. Um... And, uh, like, I mean, there's that one guy who downloaded some Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> I downloaded some. I Metallica. downloaded some Metallica. And, yeah. Petty. Th- I like I liked that, that. The whole section with the judge where he's, like, circle three petty theft or what. I, like, I, that, that's interesting. Like, that's kind of fun to watch. That was clever. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I don't know. There's just so much more in this that's just not that clever and kind of clumsy. And the whole musical sequence, when they go to, like, there's a cap the, again political there's a capital hill in hell yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah. capital hell uh it's just yeah he really yeah he knocks you over the that head he's got it. lobbyists on the on the brain it, right it's like lobbyists are evil uh our current government is evil and it reminded me of um it's so heavy-handed that it reminded me of uh oliver stone's movie w did you see oh, yeah. he, nope. or, or it's, no. it's josh brolin plays it. george w bush and it's he plays him as such a befuddled clumsy dumbass kind of, and it's just like yeah like i don't like george w bush either but it's like how about a little nuance you know like he's probably yeah. not uh he's, he's not mentally retarded or anything so it's like let's not play him like he is i just don't understand it it's 
it's all for comic effect, and it's just not very interesting. Like I, I yeah. understand nobody's liking nobody liked the Bush administration. It's like, who are you playing? Who is this movie for? You're like singing to the, you're preaching to the choir here. Like nobody is going to disagree with you. So why not make it more interesting? I guess is my my biggest issue. Yeah, like why not? I mean, why not make it more like Nixon? Yeah, where like or, you, or like, at least reference. You could at least re- if you're going to go political, like reference some other, you know, like all the other politicians that they reference outside of the that current administration. Like any other politician they reference is some kind of dictator who's responsible for genocide. So it's yeah, know, it's yeah. like what about yeah, what about Nixon? What about these other people who are all equally culpable in horrible deeds? But yeah, like I know, think maybe like, not genocide, but they're yeah, you know, like LBJ's in there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he did napalm Cambodia. So, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's just I don't know. It feels very like targeted. Yeah. At, at that administration, which makes it not work nearly as well when you watch it in 2018, when we have post, yeah. when we have a president who is, I think most people would agree, worse <laughs> than George Bush. So it's objectively, like, yeah. So it's like it's almost it's almost like I mean it's like it's like a lot of people say uh, when you watch the inauguration footage of Trump and and they show George W. and the and, and he's messing with his poncho because he can't get it on right. And they're like, don't you just miss George W. Bush? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you do because you hate Trump so much. So it's like. It's kind of weird to watch something dumping on him in 2018, you know, because you don't really care anymore. Super villain. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He wasn't aggressively stupid. He was just mid range uninformed, you know, Mm. but that's neither here nor there. I mean, it's just, it's just a problem I have with the story of the film is all. What'd y'all think of the devil? I, I liked the introduction of the devil. I wish you hadn't seen his face. Like when they were just showing his body parts and he's like, he was almost like this, you know, like New Jersey Italian guy with the <laughs> chest hair and everything. I was like, that's really, that's an interesting idea. But then they showed his face and I was like, ah, I kind of like lost the, the, I don't know, mystery of it. Cause it's like, he's the devil should right. be like a pretty powerful image in the film, but it's just ends up being just like, you know, when you see his face, it's just a guy in red paint, you know? I, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think it was the right decision to have it be a guy in red paint though, and yeah. not a cardboard. Oh, absolutely. Cutout. Yeah, absolutely. that wouldn't have really. Well, because I mean, when you see God, it's his hands, it's actual hands, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, they're beyond cardboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, it just, it, it, it ends up being a silly kind of uh, punchline of well, we, now we have to jump down his ass crack. It's I mean, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like like in the book, like Dante faints and then they wake up. Like he wakes up and like so like when they first get into the the place, like he sees the lake of ice and he sees Judas and um, Brutus and a third arch traitor. Yeah. Um, and like when he wakes up again, like the devil is above them. Like they they basically see the devil's ass trapped in ice, but they're somehow underneath Whoa. it. Though, mm. so, and know, it's going uh, going down the ass crack makes kind of sense. It's frozen yeah. blood in the palm. It makes yeah. sense, but it's. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't like make sense uh, plot wise. It's just, right, it's just yeah, a it's, silly it's, like. Yeah, it's just it's, clearly played for comedy, and it, I don't, it's yeah, just not yeah, very. Yeah. It's very like juvenile. <laughs> and then mean, he then he calls his friend. Like once they jump down the crack and they're like walking out, he calls his buddy to talk about all the yeah. weird shit he's seen. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's learned. I met nothing. the devil, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty goofy, but um, yeah. you know, I uh. 
I, I, I certainly, uh, I mean, I don't know how much more you guys have to say about it. I didn't have, I, I didn't dislike it. I didn't hate it or anything. I thought it was really interesting to look at. It held my attention the whole time. It's extremely short, which is a plus. It just goes right by. Yeah. If it were, if it were like, honestly, like five minutes longer, it would probably lose points for me. Like, I, I'm glad that it was as short as it was. It could even be shorter, honestly. Mm. Yeah. They probably could have lost the theater aspect. Yeah, I agree with that, too. That's kind of, that's, that's honestly a weird, a weird uh, part of the film, too, because Cro- Virgil mentions the stage. Yeah. He says, get off the stage. And it's like, so you guys are on this. It's very geographically confusing. It's like, you're on the stage. Like, are you aware that you're on the stage? Yeah. yeah. Are you guys actors or is this supposed <laughs> to actually be happening? Right. Because the audience is made of cardboard as well. Yeah. And I don't know, they, <laughs> like they only called. They only show that audience again once. They show them twice in the whole film. That once at the beginning, once at the very yeah. end. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, they don't show. Don't they peer out from somewhere inside the stage out? They at do at point? one point, but it's like out of focus. I wasn't sure that was what we were looking okay. at. I wasn't sure yeah. we were looking at the audience. And then, like that? they they get into another auditorium when they're watching <laughs> oh, Ulysses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They could have. Bit. I could definitely have done without Ulysses. Yeah, that was. And I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it was, yeah, it felt like it was like that part, and then the lobbyist musical part. It just felt like these little like set pieces that were just taking us out of the whole thing. Like, let's take a sidetrack into this to kill time. Okay, one thing I really did was, did appreciate. I'm sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Ulysses was there just because he like took over part of the Arab lands. Yeah. So he's a connection to the George Bush. <laughs> there, yes. you wow. there you go. I uh the the part I really did enjoy <laughs> though, or like just from a storytelling aspect, I like the idea of the the pimps becoming hookers in hell, and the yeah. hooker being a pimp and like smacking them around. So I, that was pretty. That's interesting. I yeah. like a role reversal. That's that's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> and hearing James Cromwell say toots. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm out of things to say about this. Yeah, I uh, watched, like, this is, like, my third time watching it, I believe. And there were there were parts that, like, made me chuckle. Like, <laughs> but no, no like, real, like, belly laughs. <laughs> Nothing like that, right? No. No. That was fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> no? No good? <laughs> it's like a, a, it's joke, like your, a Joker It's like your impression of, uh, the, of Churchill in... We will never surrender. My God, we will never surrender. But um, yeah. So um, Oscar winner. Yeah, totally. Gary Oldman. Uh, he's in the new uh, submarine movie with Gerard Butler. He's really working that Oscar good now. <laughs> that looked so like I. I thought about putting it on the blog, but no, I was like, "Please don't." I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen this. I'm not going to waste my friends' time. <laughs> it, it's from. I think it's from the director of Olympus Has Fallen, or from the Holy producer shit. or something. It looks. It looks like on the budget of that movie. So, um, star ratings, I guess. For this, oh, yeah. Kevin, uh, three, three, two and a half, two and a half, Jr. Two. I went two and a half as well. I was at a three when we started this conversation, and uh, I'll say it dropped a little bit. Just talk, just talking about how much uh, political stuff is in this movie. Trying to drop a little bit, but anyway, uh, there is there's technically feedback this week, but I don't. Uh, I, I guess I'll just say that we had an email from uh, Joe Baden or Baden uh, about his Joe film. Biden? No, Baden, uh, about his film that he made called "The God Inside My Ear." And uh, he wants uh, us to watch it and review it on the show. 
And uh, I told him that uh, I, I committed myself to it. I said, I will watch it. I will write a review of it for the blog. Uh, none of you are uh, under any you know, orders to watch it or anything. But if you want to, there's a, there's a link in our email that you can watch the uh, film. And uh, we will be talking about that on the next episode, which may or may not be a few weeks from now. Uh, so just stay with us uh, until then. Next episode is going to be my pick. And I still got a movie to assign to JR over here. <laughs> but I'm going to go easy on you, JR, because I like you. You're a friend of mine. And uh, so on the next episode, the pick for the film will be Vanilla Sky. Uh, Cameron Crowe's Vanilla Sky from the year 2000, starring Tom Cruise. I just, I'm on a Tom Cruise yeah, kick, my friend. Just, he's just the man. He here rules. comes Days of Thunder. Here I comes know, Cocktail. I know, Color I, of Money. I, Born I, on the 4th of July. I'm going to have to rewatch I've been meaning to watch Color, rewatch Color of Money for a while. Um the film that was uh, on my mind as a possibility for a deep dive next week that I will instead just assign to JR is uh, Steve's Aliens Searching for Bobby Fischer. Have you seen this? No. I didn't think so because it's not in your letterbox, which is great. Uh, I will also rewatch Searching for Bobby Fischer. You guys feel free if you want. If not, no big deal. Um, That's the one with Lawrence Fishburne? Yes. Okay. And Ben Kingsley and right. Joe Montaigne. Mm. Good stuff. Some kid who's really good. Uh Anyway, yeah, so that, that'll be the deep dive, Vanilla Sky, next week or next time we record episode 46. And episode 50 is coming, guys. And uh, right. I feel like we should do something yeah. for episode 50. I don't know what. But it's kind of a milestone. I mean, 50 episodes is the big yeah. deal. Right? Yeah, like next month we will have been film yak for a year. So wow, that's incredible. Have we ever done a film that none of us have seen? Yeah, the John Houston movie. What was that? The oh, 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 right, right, Fat City. And we yeah. did a uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, technically we've done yeah, ones that came out in theaters. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah. We'll think of something though. Just keep your uh, minds on that. And uh, until next time, visit our website at filmyakpodcast dot com. Write to us at feedback at filmyakpodcast dot com. And thanks for listening as always. Uh, you know, keep in touch. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, keep keep listening. Bye bye. <laughs> But then to dim You always find reasons You're frightened So frightened That you won't go in And reason may fight you So even